With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls. Blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches. And you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. To the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening on CooperativeRadio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. All right, what are we talking about tonight? Well, on Sundays, we start with a prayer, just to piss off the atheists. <laughs> and the muzzies. And the muzzies. The winter solstice is Tuesday. We will tell you what that means. Then the ups and downs for the week, the news behind the news. And it is the anniversary of the Pilgrim's Landing tomorrow. A history lesson is in order. Oh, no. And Christmas is America's traditional holiday, which we will try to do every show, just to piss more people off. Yes, it is Christmas time of year. You know, we just did a story before you go to a prayer, because we have another one about this. We just did a story about, um, I think it was a teacher in Tennessee or Georgia. I'll have to look it back up. But... Now we're doing a story about a, a principal, I meant, a principal in Kentucky. What the heck is going on with our southern states getting rid of Christmas in the schools? I've never heard of such a thing. A lot of, a lot of, no Kentucky. A lot of Northeasterners moved south and they brought their crappy politics with them and their desire to have everything paved and everything plumbed and on and on it goes. They want more. They move someplace because that place they left sucks, and then they immediately start changing where they move from. Now, it, it can't be all New Yorkers because I was a New Yorker, and I had just the opposite attitude about moving than that. I wanted to learn how to live like they are living. So usually I tell people, you know, when you first move someplace, keep your mouth shut, your ears open. Might learn something. All right. Oh, you had something to read? No, you got to start with the prayer, hon. Okay, we said before the prayer. Oh, I just brought that up before the prayer about getting rid of all the stuff in these southern states. Oh, because there's yeah, too many Yankees know, moving in, and they, you know, <laughs> they, and they they hire them to be principals. And what do you? How do you accept back them to be a principal? They're going to be a principal like where they came from, which is totalitarian. It's just 
ridiculous. And, oh, of course, don't forget, you can always, always pray to Allah in, in our public schools. That's perfectly allowed by the atheists. Yeah, the, the atheists really aren't atheists, are they? They're anti-Christian, because they're not anti-Muslim. They're not anti-Buddhist. They're not anti-Dallist. Think about it. Okay, uh, no. What? I might do the private. I can't. I can't advertise that. Sorry. Okay. All right. Um. Here we go. We see the gray skies overhead, preparing the way for the bright sun soon to come. We see the gray skies overhead, preparing the way for the world to wake once more. We see the gray skies overhead, preparing the way for the longest night of the year. We see the gray skies overhead, preparing the way for the sun to finally return, bringing with it light and warmth. Amen. And that was a prayer for the winter solstice, which is going to be on Tuesday, which means the light's coming back, Brian. Yes. The light. It's not a, just a pagan <laughs> holiday. We celebrate it because the light coming back. It definitely affects our lives up here. Yes, it does. Yay for the light. It's so weird, too, because we're happy about the light coming, but this is going to be the coldest winter ever. So far, it's been the coldest and wettest thus far, but some people don't consider it winter till tomorrow. Tuesday. Day after the winter solstice. Right. Well, I, oh, you're not reading. You're, you're Robert. You aren't saying anything. No, that's... you got to read. What's in your hands, is it? Oh, I told you about doing stuff with my, my peripheral hand, vision. In my hand is our commercial list. So okay, but in my peripheral vision, the way you're <laughs> holding it looks like you're trying to read from it. No, not yet. Not yet. See, there's going to be a time where you are. <laughs> see, see the confusion now? All right, winter solstice. Because Earth doesn't orbit upright, but is instead tilted on its axis by 23 and a half degrees, Earth's northern and southern hemispheres trade places in receiving the sun's light and warmth most directly. Oh, this reminds me, by the way, everybody talking about, you know, weather changing and stuff and the tilt of the axis. Maybe we already know the Earth, Earth's axis has tilted. When Japan made the mighty dam, hydroelectric dam, they bottled up all oh, 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 billions of pounds of water all in one spot. And it and it changed the Earth's axis. I did that story years ago. So we already know, if you really want to know the problem, hydroelectric dams have changed the weather more than man has. I don't think the man's had any effect at all, frankly. Yeah, I know, acid rain, yeah, yeah. Well, you shouldn't have went to catalytic converters. They put out sulfur, right? Which is acid mixed with water. It becomes sulfuric acid. And then it comes down, lands on your cars, and ruins your paint. But I haven't heard anybody talking about that in years. I've never, I mean, when I was a kid, I constantly heard about acid rain. I, now no one's talking about acid rain. Well, I guess they've moved along to man-made climate change. That's the way they can change the world the most. So anyway, what does that have to do with this? It has to do with, uh, well, nothing. Except that, like, I wanted to point out that hydroelectric dams can change the tilt, the axis of the earth. 
Earth's northern and southern hemispheres trade places in receiving the sun's light and warmth most directly. The tilt of the Earth, not our distance from the sun, is what causes winter and summer. At the December solstice, the northern hemisphere is leaning most away from the sun for the year. And yet, there could be something like an El Nino to change the weather. At the December solstice, Earth is positioned in its orbit so that the sun stays below the North Pole horizon. As seen from 23.5 degrees south of the equator, at the imaginary line encircling the globe known as the Tropic of Capricorn, the sun shines directly overhead at noon. This is as far south as the sun ever gets. All locations south of the equator have daylights greater than the 12 hours at the December solstice. Meanwhile, the locations north of the equator have daylights less than 12 hours. For us on the northern part of Earth, the shortest day comes at the solstice. After the winter solstice, the days get longer, and the nights get shorter. Yay! It's a seasonal shift that nearly everyone notices. And it's a huge difference living down in Florida and living up here, up in the north. I, I grew up in the northern states. But we had a place down in Florida for a while, in the bayou. And uh, <laughs> with the rednecks, is great. Till till people start moving in. So, what was the difference? Well, the difference is the way the sun affects you. In Florida, the way it affects you is it's too dang hot most of the time, too darn humid most of the time, and too darn buggy most of the time. <laughs> so, different different problems down there. But the daylights stay very... They, they don't change as much. So, you don't get any kind of, you know, all of a sudden it's going to be dark for most of the day like it is here in the north. It They're closer to the... The uh, sir, the Tro- I just said Tropic <laughs> of Capricorn. They're, they're just closer to it, and therefore they're more. They, they become more neutralized, stabilized. So there's very li- very little in the day length between winter and summer. Although it does get cold in the, where we were in this in this winter time, and heck, we brought snow with us the first time we were there. <laughs> Seventeen <laughs> degrees and snowing, and everybody's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Oh, look, it snows here." That's great. Except no one knows how to drive in it. Yeah, it goes away pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. And no, they don't. If Yeah, no. I still remember Arkansas got hit with a big, big storm. And there was ice and snow everywhere. People were driving. They were just skating their cars down the road. Nobody was driving. Everything was sliding and spinning wheels and gnashing of teeth. And, and you know, they got like two inches. Well, you know, <laughs> when it comes to ice, it's really hard. But I must admit, ice. the ice is a problem. Because I got stuck. I couldn't get out of my driveway, which was facing down. So I thought it was going to be real easy to just whoop right out the driveway. No. got When it got down to where it met the road, it's a little, it flattens out. And that's exactly where the car got stuck. It's fitting its wheels right there. And there it stayed for a couple of days. They were like, I don't, the Air Force was like, I don't care how you get here. You have to be here. And I was like, it's like, well, uh, I don't know. How would you suggest I do that? There are no cabs or buses. Uh, so he goes, well, I don't care if you walk. And I'm like, okay, I'm starting now. <laughs> and I just, I just walked. It took me like three hours to get to work, but uh, I, I showed up. That's all I cared about. How'd you get back? I wasn't with him at I the grabbed time. a ride. Oh. We had a lot of young kids there that were into, uh, well, I was a young kid too, but they were into four-wheeling when they were down there. They all got Jeeps and they all got stuck every time they went out. And they're always asking me if I wanted to go. And I'm like, 
Why do I want to go at night and get stuck in the middle of a swamp someplace where I have no pl- no business being? No, thank you. <laughs> it's like, but so they gave they gave me right over their jeep because now now this they can handle. I said, now this is the reason I have a jeep, not just playing in the mud. I mean, because first of all, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to build a mud bogger, you got to build a giant truck, like a monster truck almost, because it's all about digging the solid ground. And everyone knows in, in the south, in those swamps, you're going to find ground very easy. All right, so uh, anyway, now everyone understands this, right? No, shorter, no, longer, no, yeah. Okay. You people down, the people down south, George and all going, well, what are they talking about? <laughs> what do you mean it gets dark longer up there? Most people don't learn this stuff. They're not planning to go to Alaska and the Arctic Circle and stuff. They just don't know. So now Susan will read from her book. Yes. I always read um, when we have certain solstice and certain holidays from the Sabbaths, a new approach to living the old ways by Eden McCoy, because we believe in all kinds of different beliefs, except in Islam, because it's a cult. Well, I'm not a Wiccan either, and I'm not an idol worshiper either. (laughs) So that narrows the field down a little bit. Okay. When the wheel I would not read this, by the way. <laughs> when the wheel of the year brings us to Yule, the god who died at Samhain is reborn of the virgin goddess. The god is represented by the sun, which returns after this darkest night of the year to again bring warmth and fertility to the land. The profusion of lights on houses and trees at Christmas is a modern version of the pagan custom of lighting candles and fires as acts of sympathetic magic to lure back the waning sun. Today is still a custom. Okay, now you got to explain sympathetic magic. Go ahead. It's, it's too complicated. It's well, then don't read it to them. <laughs> if you don't even know what the hell it is, why are you reading it to them? Well, it, it just means that they're trying to... It, it's too complicated. <laughs> it's because she doesn't know. Today, let's see. Uh, today, it is still a custom in Ireland and Norway to leave lights burning all through the house on Yule night. To not only lure back the sun, but also to honor the virgin goddess who gave him gives him birth. Turning the page. Yule has been the most widely celebrated of all the Sabbaths because its customs and lore have so deeply invaded popular cultures and the mainstream religions, and virtually every culture in the Northern Hemisphere has in some way once acknowledged the return of the sun at its weak, weakest point. That's because it was very important to them because of the crops and the animals, like our chickens. They don't lay eggs because we're not forcing them. We could actually put a light in their coop. They need light to lay eggs. So it was very important for these people to be in tune with the seasons. Some anthropologists, such as E.W. Booge, believe Yule was first celebrated as a religious festival 12,000 years ago, and some claim it dates many millennia earlier. Yule's importance was obvious to early human civilizations. As the nights grew darker and longer and the days colder and shorter, it was imperative that the sun be lured back to the earth. Though most cultures understood astronomy long before we give them credit and knew the sun was where it has always been, they still felt moved to celebrate the old rites, which were symbolic rather than factual to them. The festival was important because it kept them in tune with the cycle of the seasons, marked the new year, allowed them a time to gather with friends and family, and to worship their deities in joy and thanksgiving. Are you going to read that? 
I don't know. I'm still reading it to see if it's worth anything. Okay. Yule was a Sabbath of primary importance in the Norse and Roman traditions, and it is from these cultures that many of our modern Yule customs originate. For both of these civilizations, this was the time of the new year when the goddess turned the wheel of the year to its beginning point once again. In fact, Yule is an Old Norse word, which literally means wheel, and the Sabbath was also referred to as Helortid, or the turning time. In the Norse tradition, Yule is a 12-night-long celebration, a concept which probably came from the pagan Near East, where it eventually became incorporated into the Christian myths. The first eve of Yule, the night before the solstice, is called Mother Night, and it is a night when Norse pagans sit up and await the rising and rebirth of their sun goddess, Freya. It is also a night for spirit contact and celebration with one's ancestors, in much the same manner as the Celts observe Samhain. The Norse goddess, Hold, guardian of the spirit world, opens her doors at Yule to all sincere seekers. The final night of observance, called Twelfth Night, became for a while a sort of ninth Sabbath on the Norse pagan calendar. The popular winter song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, no doubt has its roots in the blending of Norse and Celtic Yule customs. A very old and lengthy Scottish nursery rhyme is called The Thirteen Yule's Days. The poem tells us what a wealthy Scottish king once sent his lady love on each of the celebratory days. Within the ballot, the number three, a number sacred to the Celts, is prominently featured. And the Christmas okay. tree came from the Germans. Yes, I yes. know that. <laughs> well, we had this conversation with somebody. Yeah, I know. Lately. <laughs> so. All I got to say is I don't know. But anyway, we got to talk. He brought up magic, so here we go. For those that don't dare, don't don't care to know. Sorry about this, but it isn't going to hurt you. First of all, I'll start before the Wikipedia thing about something they know nothing about. But I was just trying to get something simple. But there are two types of magic: high magic and low magic. Low magic is earth magic, like Wiccans and uh, people who, well. Worship the goddess Gaia and all that kind of stuff, and all the different. There's actually different pagan beliefs, but uh, that kind of magic, voodoo, uh, uh, what's the Santeria? All that's low magic. High magic is also called ritualistic magic because you perform a set of rituals that was learned from something or someone. And in the case of, let's say, the Kabbalah, that would be a good example. The angels taught Solomon magic so that he could use it to defend the Israelites. And so you study the seals of Solomon and all the thing, all of this stuff you study is all from really from Solomon. And uh, that's called high magic because it's not, it's not praying to false gods or anything like that, or the earth or inanimate objects or uh, it's trying to tap into God that's what that's what the Kabbalah tries to do. It's very controversial in the Jewish community. The Hasidics hate them. The Kabbalists, the Kabbalists don't hate anybody, but everybody everybody hates them. Yes, I've, it's actually a sect within the yeah, Jewish Yeah, I've met with them. Uh, very secretive, as you can imagine. So I'll read the simple Wikipedia thing to see uh, if it's any good for you. Sympath similarity and contagion. It has been said that the theory of sympathetic magic was first developed by Sir James George Fraser in the Golden Bough, 1889. 
Richard Andry, however, anticipates Fraser writing of sympathetic Zorber in his 1878 ethno Parallelen und Vergleich. Fraser further subcategorized sympathetic magic into two varieties, that relying on similarity and that relying on contagion or contact. If we analyze the principles of thought on which the magic is based, they will probably be found to resolve themselves into two. First, that like produces like, or that an effect resembles its cause. And the second, that things which have once been in contact with each other continue to act on each other at a distance after the physical contact has been severed. The former principle may be called the law of similarity. The latter, the law of contact or contagion. From the first of these principles, namely the law of similarity, the magician infers that he can produce any effect he desires merely by imitating it. From the second, he infers that whatever he does to a material object will affect equally the person with whom the object was once in contact, whether it formed part of his body or not. Imitation in sympathetic magic. Imitation involves effigies, fetishes, poppets to affect the environment of people or occasionally people themselves. Voodoo dolls are an example of fetishes used in this way, such as using a lock of hair on the doll, creating a link between the doll and the person the hair came from. So whatever happens to the doll will also happen to the person. Correspondence in Sympathetic Magic Correspondence is based on the idea that one can influence something based on its relationship or resemblance to another thing. Many popular beliefs regarding properties of plants, fruits, vegetables have evolved in the folk medicine of different societies owing to sympathetic magic. This includes belief that certain herbs with yellow sap can cure jaundice, that walnuts could strengthen the brain because of the nuts' resemblance to brain, that red beet juice is good for the blood, that phallic-shaped roots will cure male impotence, etc. Many traditional societies believe that an effect on one object can cause an analogous effect on another without any apparent casual link between the two objects. For instance, many folk tales feature a villain whose life exists in another object and who can only be killed if that other object is destroyed. Examples including Sauron's One Ring, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the Russian folk tale of Koke the Deathless. Compare Horcrux and Lich. Mercia Aliade wrote that in Uganda, a barren woman is brought to cause a barren garden, and her husband can seek a divorce on purely economic grounds. And I keep going with this. The archaeological, Paleolithic, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, that's all low magic. Imitative, sympathetic, correspondent. This is, they're all explaining things like Santeria and voodoo and... Wiccan, and yes, uh, but there are, I know there are white witches, but I didn't, they're not Wiccans, at least I don't think so, maybe they do. Uh, they only seek knowledge of God, that's all they do. They don't cast any spells on anybody, they don't do anything to hurt anybody, all they do is continually try to contact God and have God help the planet and us. Uh, so, white, there are white witches out there, you may think they're a little crazy, but at least it's 
it's, it's not it's, evil. It's about knowledge of God, not manipulating the universe. Well, and which is when you use, if you were to use magic to change something, let's say um, you do magic because you want a lot of money. Well, would it surprise you to find out that your parent just died and left you some money? Ouch. Never know the cause and effect playing around with something you should be playing around with in the first place. Brian has his minister collar on tonight, I see. <laughs> Elizabeth. No, I've, like I said, I've studied all the major, all, most of the minor, and yes, I studied Kabbalah. High magic. So, I did learn about low magic, sympathetic magic, and all that stuff, too, but that just wasn't my cup of tea, so. Well, you know, and people really don't hear about this. Priests and monks, too, don't they study all different kinds of religions? Because you were a, a monk for monks a while. Monks study just about anything, because all they got to do all day is study. So they would be studying or, or work, stuff. you know, but I mean, there's no TV time and kind of places I went. There was no TV or nothing like that. Just to better understand the world around them. Uh, well, they've always been interested in knowledge. Understand that knowledge used to be disseminated by monks because they used to be the ones to copy the books by hand. Before there was a printing press, they had to be done by hand, and monks used to do it. Yep. They still do it, actually. I know it seems back, you shouldn't have to now, but you know, there's something about properly transcribed, not, not changing the meaning of things. And the overall look of the penmanship, the feel of the We're book. We're going to be talking about that in the ups and downs, but... We have to go to a break time. already? Yep. You're not fun at all. <laughs> all right, we're going to go to break. Send Cooperative Radio Show. Stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. Hi, this is Jeff Carlisi from the band 38 Special. The mainstream media has failed the American people once again. Internet radio networks like Red State Talk Radio will not fail you. Tune in 24 hours a day, studios A and B. Great conservative programming around the clock. Red State Talk Radio, the dominant force in Internet conservative talk radio. Can you come out and play? Sure, Ellie. Oh, my. You might want to come here and help Grandma. What's the matter, Grandma? Can't you stand? Oh, sorry, honey. It's my knees. They don't work the way they used to. Does this ever happen to you? Are you on Medicare? You may qualify for a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost to you. Call the health hotline to see if you qualify. Our friendly agents are standing by 24-7 to help you. We also have braces for your shoulder, ankle, or back pain. And if you're covered by Medicare, you may qualify for free delivery. Grandma, slow down. I can't keep up. Maybe you can use a knee brace too, Ellie. (laughs) Catch me if you can, kiddo. Call now to get your pain-relieving knee brace. 800-368-6704. 800-368-6704. 800-368-6704. That's 800-368-6704. 
Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 That's 800-764-9168. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Hour one and a half. <laughs> I was going to ask you what you were going to do. <laughs> well, I don't know. Whatever I felt like. <laughs> he's hot. He's cold. He's hot. He's cold. That's what happens with wood-burning stoves. <laughs> yes, if you hear the crackling, crackling is our wood stove. All and right. kind of Christmassy, Brian. <laughs> they can't hear that. It's not that loud. All right, that's the downs for the week. It took long enough to get there. Down from CNSNews.com. A State Department official told the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee on Thursday that the U.S. does not prioritize Christian Syrian refugees just because of their religion. Why not? We're not going to change the program. Somehow bring more of one particular region than another. No, just none then altogether. How's that sound? Yep. I don't care. If you're not going to screen out Muzzies, which isn't a religion anyway, if, if it was a pure religion, it would be the, and is, the religion of Lucifer. But Lucifer being complicated, it's more complicated than that. It's not just a religion. It's also a government. It's also uh, an army that is taught to kill anybody that isn't Muslim and take over the world. I don't, yeah, that's simplistic. What do you want me to do? It's the Quran, the Hadiths, and Sharia. And you want me to do what with that? Memorize it or something? I have to give it to you. It's like 
I have to condense it down. I can't do a whole course on Islam. If you want to know more about Islam, you should read Robert Spencer's books. And you can find him at jihadwatch.org. Already down from CNSnews.com. I just did that, she said. We're not going to change the program. Ann Richard, Assistant Secretary of State for Population, Refugees, and Migration, told the committee. Uh, since when do you tell me anything? During the hearing in Foreign Travelers and National Security, Richard said the U.S. is bringing Christians in from Syria, but she said they are underrepresented in part because they make up a small part of the refugees from Syria. It's because the rest of them are dead. And that's the problem, said Chairman Jason Chavez, Republican Utah, <coughs> right-wing prog, who noted that only 29 Christian Syrian refugees have been admitted to the U.S. during the year. Richard said that most Christian Syrian refugees are not fleeing because they feel safe. Christians feel safe in the Middle East with fuzzy buzzy ISIS? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, anybody believe that? Anybody? Even you left-wing tards out there, are you believing it? You buying that crap he spills out? You're going to be his little slave after a while, too, you useful idiot. Richard said the most Christian Syrian refugees are not fleeing because they feel safe. Representative Mark Walker, Republican North Carolina, asked, You said they're not fleeing because they feel safe. Miss Richard, how many Christians have we brought in in the last five years? I cannot believe that came out of her mouth. These progs are think they're so in charge. They think we're not this. We're not smart. They think we're Muslims. So we saw on YouTube cut the heads off of Christians. Yeah, and they keep doing those videos, all kinds of videos. Oh yeah, they're How killing Christians over having a ball. You got a bunch of Christmas women screaming to drop a bomb on them because they get raped thirty times a day. Well, how come YouTube isn't taking down those messages, but they'll but Facebook will take down whatever Savage puts out. Because Facebook is owned by progs. If you didn't know that, oh well. There's another project for conservatives, Facebook-like project. Look it up. Something called something fire. Four uh, percent of all the series we have brought have been Christian or other minorities. So the Yazidis being destroyed and killed, the Coptic Christians being destroyed and killed. Isn't they're it? not. They're not fleeing. They're not fleeing because they're killing them. Not to mention, some of them have a martyr complex, and they don't want to leave the Holy Land. That's why they're still there. The cop. Why do you think Coptic Christians would live there as a minority all this time? Isn't there also what the Chilean or something like that Christians? I have no idea. There's another sect too. They there are Christians all over the world. But why didn't some wanted one of our elected cockroaches bring that up? Excuse me, madam. They're not fleeing. They're being killed. They're dying. <laughs> it's a genocide, and no, oddly, we don't care. When Muslims were getting genocide, we ran to the rescue and stopped Milosevic. Well, we shouldn't have, obviously, right? Now we know why he was doing it. Oh well, hindsight. You're talking about Bosnia. I mentioned Milosevic. That was the best I could do. <laughs> I'm just clarifying for the it, folks. It's actually Bosnia <laughs> and what the other ones. Two countries, they split them. Uh, Bosnia and I forget now. 
It's been we've been over there ever since Clinton. Even though Clinton said we'd be out of there in months, we're still there protecting Muslims. Someone explain why. I say it's time to let Muslims die because if the shoe was on the other foot, they'd be killing us. They'd be carving your head right now. Your neck would be sawed off. Probably with a rusty, dull machete. What, you think they know how to sharpen anything? You brought in, you've brought in 53. You tell me that's 4%? Because according to the numbers that aren't hard to find, you can look this up on CNN, Wikipedia, or any other place. There are 2 million Christians decimated. Okay? 2 million Christians. According to Pope Francis, he calls it genocide, said Walker. Well, I agree with him on that. Uh, CNSnews.com previously reported, the U.S. has only admitted 53 Christians, 2.4%, as I reported earlier, 2%. Out of the 2,184 Syrian refugees it has admitted since the civil war in Syria began in 2011. There were 2,098 Muslim refugees admitted during that time How period. How come we didn't know any of this? They've been here since 2011? Yes, why do you think they're saying, well, two years to vet them? Started a while ago. Started 2011. I had no idea. But, you know, they're not going through two years of scrutiny because they're already here in 2011. R really? 2011? So we didn't take any in until 2013, right? It says, no, since 2011, we've been bringing them in here. How? How are you vetting them? They're not vetting them. They can't vet them. The people that they're telling you are vetting them, the guy in charge came out and told you. It's impossible. We don't have information on everybody in the Middle East, and those people don't have records either because the countries they were, they were in were tribal. They don't have any reference today. There's no way to know who's a bad Muslim and a good Muslim anyway because, uh, oh, yeah, they're all Muslim and they're all going to try and kill you sooner or later. And the only thing that we can do right now, especially after the stupid bill was passed. For the Sharpen budget, your knives get, and, get, and and load your ammo. And also, actually, on the local level, you get with your city council and you tell them nobody is coming into our city. Because it's up to we, the people, now, Brian, to protect ourselves. Well, you ourselves. always got to be in control of your local government. That being said, if the local government isn't going to do anything, and you're not going to stop the federal government, I think I just told you what you need to do. Sharpen your knives, load your ammo. It's coming. Because if they're going to come to a neighborhood near you, they're going to give you a reason to kill them sooner or later. I guarantee it. Anyway, um... Just last month, an Assyrian bishop was pleading for ransom money. 200 hostages held, some young ladies. Do you know what ISIS does to the young females? It's brutal. I'm sure you're aware of that working for the State Department. So please tell me why that we have brought in 53 Christians. How do you know they're Christians? What's the process? Asked Walker. We had just checked the number. It's 4% of 2,400 total Syrians brought in since 2011. Have been Christians or other minorities. Or other minorities doesn't count as being Christian. They're brought in because they feel that they are in danger because of that. We agree with you 100% that these people should have 
be given a chance for resettlement if they present a case, said Reggie. So no. because they're held no. hostage and captive and they're and or cut off from any real society, how are they going to do that? How are they going to make their case? They have. Remember the women that said, blow me up? Yes. Kill us, please? <laughs> I think that was enough information. Now, now, said Seals in and rescue Christians from the damn Muslims. And don't, are there any more Muslims in this country? As a matter of fact, no more Muslims in this country. No more immigration whatsoever for a while until we straighten this mess out. And they're going to deport every single Muslim. And if we don't, we are going, you are going to feel the wrath of terrorism like you've never felt before. Because they're here. And you're letting them convert our youth, too. Really? Where are the parents? What the hell's wrong with you people? Yeah. Well, how do you allow them to read the Quran and not the Bible? How do you allow them in public school to make them write, Allah is great in Arabic? How? That's our next story. I don't care. It's part of this story. <laughs> We've checked the number. Well, he checked the number before the meeting, before you got to change them. And anyway, notice how they threw my other minorities in with that 4%. Ah, so the other minorities are the, are the other part of that 4% because only 2.4% Christians came in. So to get, you have to have the rest of that to get to 4. That's other minorities. That's not Christian. Again, they're playing with the numbers. If it was 4%, so what? It should be 90%. Actually, it should be 100%. As I said, no Muslims. Islam is incompatible with Western culture completely. And uh, so is socialism, capitalism, progressivism, by the way. But you said Christians are not fleeing Syria because they feel safer. Would you like to retract that, S. Walker? Richard said some of the Christians are not fleeing Syria because they support Syrian President Bashar al-Assad and feel safer with him there. But of the ones who came out, who chose to flee and feel they are in danger, those are the people we want to help. Absolutely. All right, how do you help them? They're, they're stuck in the city. All the ones you're talking about are stuck in the city. They're cut off. How are they getting out? I'm just saying I hear a lot of talking. Uh, why don't we go and res rescue the Christians and kill the Muslims that have that are kidnappers? That's what we should do. Rescue the hostages. That's what SEAL Team wants to do. That's what that's what our our that's what they're trained to do. Let them go in and secure the hostages and kill all the fuzzy muzzies. There you go. Problem solved. And I don't want to hear any more about uh, uh, citizens being uh, in the crossfire and collateral damage. And there's always collateral damage in war. We minimize it more than any other country on the planet. And uh, it, it doesn't matter. How do you tell, and I'll say this again, don't ever contact me be so full of hubris that you would say such a nonsensical thing. He's talking about Twitter and email. <laughs> That's how he gets contacted. I said contact, and I was clear. In any way. Um, see, this is why I like to get interrupted. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> what was I talking about? You were talking about uh, going in and getting the Christians out and killing the muzzies. 
Yeah, but I was going to go, go on from there, but I was interrupted, so I lost my train of thought. No, yes. but there is no way. Uh, this is what I was going to say. Don't interrupt <laughs> me anymore, please. <clears throat> um, you cannot tell a civilian from a terrorist because terrorists are citizens, you doofus. And when they're dead, they all look alike. Actually, they all look alike, alive or dead. You can't tell them apart. Just because he didn't die with a bandolero and a gun, an AK-47 in their hands doesn't mean they're not a terrorist. Again, Islam wants them to do this. This is what they teach. Because Muhammad was a conqueror. And they are supposed to be conquering us. Not hanging out and fighting amongst themselves that they're doing, which they are doing anyway. <clears throat> Thankfully, because they're killing themselves off a little bit and taking the focus off us, which is nice. But we really got to do something. And if it takes turning the Middle East into a sheet of glass, then that's what it takes. But now it's too late. Now they've infected Europe, America, South America, Mexico. They're winning. We're losing. And the more you stay politically correct with your doofus notion that all religions are equal, all people are equal. No, we're not. We're different. Cultures are different. Cultures are superior and cultures are inferior. Inferior meaning backwards. Tribal. Should have already gotten out of that. We're no longer a tribal world. So why do you have to live in a place that's tribal? It's stupid. But that's what the fuzzy muzzies want us all to be. They, they don't want science. They don't like science. They'll use it, but you're not allowed to use it. Like the terrorists could use it, but the average Muslim cannot use it. Cannot learn that technology because nothing is, nothing is needed besides the knowledge of the Quran. Nothing. That's the only book Muzzies in the world need. That's, they have said it, they mean it, and they burn the other books. Library of Alexandria comes to mind. They're doing it now. Oh, I know they're doing it now, but I don't, things people remember in history. Alex, the Library of Alexandria, they burnt to the ground with all that knowledge of all the cultures back then. Every All the science that we had done up to date was stored in that library. And when the minute they conquered the land where the library was, they burnt it to the ground. We lost all of it. We'll probably never, ever get it back. This is what they do everywhere they go. You want to live in the Stone Ages? Go ahead. By the way, in this country, you can do it anyway. Look at me. <laughs> Believe me, this is uh, most people consider me homeless. <laughs> we have a roof over our head. Cut it out. <clears throat> Except they don't consider it a home. They don't tax it. So we're homeless. See? <laughs> okay, and up, down. Again, from CNSNews.com. After defending a Virginia teacher who made her students copy the Muslim statement of faith known as the Shahada, which, by the way, is inscribed on Obamanus's wedding ring. You bring it up every show. <laughs> well, it, he. why would you wear that if you're not a Muslim? It's what you have to say to become a Muslim. Everybody that wants to be a Muslim has to do the Shahada. 
They are not a race, ladies and gentlemen. So stop calling people racist when we're talking about terrorists and Muslims. Muslim isn't a race. And terrorist isn't a race. But yet, Muslims are terrorists. And the overwhelming majority of terrorism in the world is done by, oh, right, Muslims. Sorry, facts, you can't get away from them. After defending Virginia teacher who made her students say the Shahada as part of the callig- oh, sorry, right, as part of the calligraphy assignment, see, you told me it was Allah was great was what they had to write. Well, then they, the reporter said it wrong because it was well, on a reporter. Don't ever do it by listening. Always well, look it up. Okay, well, I did. <laughs> I looked it up. All right. So anyway, as part of a calligraphy assignment, by writing that down, they are saying they're Muslims. They have converted to Islam. By doing that, they have converted to Islam, and that's how every Muslim will look at it. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian. Your kid just wrote the Shahada. He's a Muslim. That's the way it works. Augusta County Schools shut down the entire school system Friday when a backlash erupted on social media. You're lucky it wasn't pitchforks and torches. While there's been no specific threat of harm to students, schools and school offices will be closed Friday, December the 18th, 2015. Augusta County Public Schools said in a statement Thursday, noting the voluminous phone calls and electronic mail it had received locally and from outside the area. The controversy ignited after parents learned that world geography teacher Cheryl Laporte. Now, what does Islam have to do with world geography? I know what Muslims have to do with it. What does Islam have to do with it? Islam is a religion. Why are you teaching religion in school when you tell us you can't teach religion in school when it comes to Christianity? If it's that way for Christianity, it has to be that way for every religion, especially ones that are seditious like this one. That's how you get rid of them, sedition. Bye-bye. The controversy ignited all better. Um, anyway, so Cheryl Laporte had required her ninth grade students at Riverheads High School in Staunton to copy the Shahada, one of the five pillars of Islam, as part of an assignment on world religions. Even they're not telling you what it is. And these nonsensical five pillars that people made up, just leave it alone. You don't understand Islam. You've never been a Muslim. You didn't study the Quran. You have not studied the Hadith or Sharia. You're just a talking head spewing what other people have given you. You don't know what you're talking about. Nobody, most people in this country don't know what they're talking about when it comes to Islam. The only two people I trust are Robert Spencer and Pamela Geller. Well, and me. But that's it. Um, so it's more than one of the five pillars of Islam. It is what you must say. And once you say it, you are a Muslim. They went further. They wrote it down. World religions. Is an assignment as part of geography called world religions. You can't teach religion in school, according to the ACLU. How can there be a whole section on world religions? Christianity is a world religion. It's everywhere. Well, until the Muslims kill them off. How can you teach about Quran? How can you teach about Islam when you don't teach Christianity in the school? Are you kidding me? We're Christianity. Anything but Christianity's people. 
I'm tired of this. They hate America. They got a bunch of nonsense shoved in their heads. They don't know, they don't know how to think for themselves, and they're dangerous. Luckily, it's only about one-third of the people that are that stupid. But they're there, and they seem to influence the limited informed people. The ones just ignorant on the topic in general and just have their touchy-feely, heart-filled, knee-jerk reaction like all lefties do. Uh, I'm sorry. you got to stop with the touchy-feely. Government's not about touchy-feely. It's about getting a certain job done for us. That's it. That's all it's for. Reciting the Shahada is the first step in converting to Islam. The passage translated from Arabic states, and I'm not going to read it exactly the way it's written because I'm not saying that word. I'm not saying the whole thing. It says there is no God but, you know, and Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Satan. There is only one God, and it is the God of Abraham. Abraham. And it and the Muslims do not worship the God of Abraham. They are not a hey, Abrahamic. I'm sick of that Abrahamic religion shit. It's not Jews and Christians. That's it. We both worship the same God. They do not. They worship the Moon God of Arabia. That's what Allah was until. Mohammed made him Allah, the the one, but he's the nun, really. <laughs> and she also, Brian, after that sentence, Laporte also invited her female students to try on headscarves. The Schilling Show first reported. I don't even know what the Schilling Show is. All right, so uh, they they just renounced Jesus and the God of Abraham. They, they, by doing that, they have renounced our God. The one true and only God. And you can't name him because he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is everything. He is the beginning and the end. He does not have a name. To name him is also a sin, by the way. Yes, you know, when you grow up being a Catholic, you know all about sin and guilt. That's that's one for sure. I think uh, Judaism's the same way. Neither these lessons nor any other lesson in the World Geography course are an attempt to indoctrinate to Islam. Because you say so, we say no. I don't want them to do have anything to do with Islam in my schools. Otherwise, you're going to teach them Christianity side by side. You want to teach this? You teach Christianity side by side and Judaism. Otherwise, fire the bums. And of course, I have to go to a hard break. So we'll be back after the five's Young Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there are certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Oh, horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? 
Operation Homefront operates programs with the goal of making a difference in military family quality of life. They serve younger families of deployed service members, typically in the ranks of E1 through E6 in all branches of the armed forces. Operation Homefront provides a wide range of programs and is dedicated to helping the families our troops leave behind. For more information, please visit their website at operationhomefront.net. Okay, we have a little humor for you called You Might Be a Liberal. If you think Durka Durka Mirtha Jihad is your hero, you might be a liberal. If you sit around all day thinking about ways of getting rid of President George W. Bush, you might be a liberal. If your children are channel surfing on the television and they come across the Fox News channel, and suddenly stand up and yell, Heil Hitler! Uh, you might be a liberal. If you think Rush Limbaugh is the Antichrist, you might be a liberal. If you think the United Nations should rule the world, you might be a liberal. If you feel that Bill Clinton was the best president in the history of the United States of America, you might be a liberal. If you vote for a candidate because they are good-looking, you might be a liberal. If you think Nancy Pelosi is brilliant, you might be a liberal. If you base your life on the slogan, if it feels good, do it. You might be liberal. If you're waiting for utopia to begin, you might be liberal. If you believe there is no right or wrong, but it's a personal decision, man, you might be liberal. And lastly, if you name your children Moon Unit, Apple, or Seven, you might be a liberal. She'll be alright for a while, for a while she can smile. Until Barack comes back and she goes on the attack and it doesn't work. Oh, hell! You know I taught her well. You couldn't tell that she fakes crying over... Coming soon, John McCain and Lindsey Graham... Star in the tender sequel to Brokeback Mountain, Return to Saddles or Canyon. You know, Lindsay, you spend a few days out on the campaign trail, away from all the other Republicans, with nothing but your horse, the press, and a few thousand sheep to lead. Well, it makes a man think different, feel different. You know what I mean? You want another back rub? Sure. Then we'll make s'mores. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Who can make the sun rise? Promise you the moon. 
cover you with health care and a miracle or two. Obama can. Obama can. Oh, Obama can, man. Obama can, As president, I expect to be judged and should be judged by the results of this program. Breaking news, the uh, May jobs report just came out and the numbers are not good. So the unemployment rate went up. 40 consecutive months of 8% unemployment or more. Government payrolls down 13,000, construction down 28,000. 300,000 more long-term unemployed. The U.S. saw the smallest increase in jobs in a year. Any way you slice it, uh, looks like last summer all over again. Practically nothing about this report that was positive. Well, this is Obama's economy, that's fine. Give it to me. Okay, and welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Hour two. So. Where were we? <laughs> we're screaming Some, when we screaming we at a microphone. That's <laughs> yes. what I remember. That's where we were. Uh, so also headscarves. Neither of these lessons during any of the lesson in world geography course are an attempt to indoctrinate you to Islam or any other religion or request for students to renounce their own faith or profess any belief. Superintendent Eric Bond said in a statement, except there is something to something being said over and over again through the centuries for the same purpose. It starts to make an impression in time. Uh, saying that Shahada was renouncing Christianity. And now they have to go get rebaptized. I would do it that way. My kid did that. You're going right down to the river, buddy. When's the next time they're, when's the next time they dunking somebody? <clears throat> they are, or simply has to attempt to artistically render written Arabic in order to understand its artistic complexity. Why would you purposely use that phrase? Why Arabic? Why Arab at all? Why Arabic? If you really, really want to show art, why not Chinese and Japanese? Every one of those, those things is art. It's a character. Every, every letter they make. It's not just like our letters. It's very complicated. Um, and yeah, uh, the Jewish, I guess, Aramaic and, and, uh, um, what? I keep forgetting that tribe. That's that it matters. Uh, <clears throat> Again, why are you using that phrase to begin with? Well, no, Arabic to begin with. Like I said, if they're doing it for art, well, why not Chinese or Japanese? Why, why Arabic? Why Muslim? Why Islam? And what? And then why make it Arabic and then Muslim? You, not just Arabic. Muslim. And no, not all Arabs are Muslim. And not all Muslims are Arab. Yes, but all terrorists are Muslim. Correct. Artistically. Adding that the assignment was consistent <clears throat> with the state's standards of learning and that the scarf female students were invited to try on was not an actual Islamic religious hijab. 
This it is. It's just what you call it. Hijab is a headscarf. Look, if this... Any headscarf. Again, another reason to take back your you. school board, take back your states. If they're saying this is what the states... It's okay with the state, you need to take your state back. This is Georgia, for goodness sake. Yeah. I ran into the same problem with Jib when I was in Florida. But Bond's reassurances did not assuage the 100 parents and community members who attended a forum at the Good News Ministry Church near the school to protest the assignment and point out that a public school teacher who required students to copy passages from the Bible would be fired. The Staunton News later period reported. These children were deceived when they were told it was calligraphy. This is not calligraphy. This is a language, said Kimberly Herndon, a parent of six who posted a protest on Facebook December the 12th, after her son brought home the assignment. So let's see, you're going to teach them calligraphy in the first place when they can't read. Oh, right, yeah, that's what writing is. It's making beautiful pictures. No, writing is for language. Language is for conversing. And be between two or more people, you, if, you don't, if you don't understand each other's languages... You're screwed if if there's no one around to help you try to talk to somebody. Neither one of you understands the other one. It's over. Uh, this is just silliness. It's this is it's, it's, it's calligraphy. Well, calligraphy is 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 fancy way of writing letters. And you don't study foreign languages because you're gonna be doing it in English. So why would you study the characters that aren't anything like our characters? And again, you brought up a good point. Teach these kids to read and write, not this garbage. Read, write, and arithmetic. That's it. That's all I want to hear. Read, write, and arithmetic. Three R's. A parent of six who posted a protest on Facebook December the 12th after her son brought home the assignment. Herndon also said on Facebook that the teacher has passed that Koran around the room every single day since the beginning. That is wrong. Where is the Bible? Can I take a Bible and place it in every classroom tomorrow? Uh, it's a rhetorical question. Of course it's no. Herndon said she and another parent met with school officials who were forthright in attempt admitting that the teacher made a mistake in assigning the children to copy the Shahada. Also, it was admitted that asking the students to put on the headdressing of the Islamic women was a bad choice and that there was no representation of any other apparel or any other culture or religion. Me thinks the teacher's a fuzzy buzzy. Who wants, who wants to take money on it? The school system later said it had removed the Shahada from the curriculum. Although students will continue to learn about world religions as required by the State Board of Education and the Commonwealth Standards of Learning, a different non-religious sample of Arabic calligraphy will be used in the future, it said in a statement. Why do we need Arabic calligraphy? They've got to learn English calligraphy, not Arabic. What are you trying to say? We're all going to be fuzzy muzzies and we're all going to speak Arabic? Maybe he is also a Muslim. Well... They hide in plain sight, ladies and gentlemen. 
CNSnews.com called and emailed Riverhead's principal, Max Lowe, for a comment, but he did not respond. I say, deport them all, destroy the mosques, get Islam out of the country. Islam is evil. Pure and simple, it's evil. Should be taught alongside satanic cult worship. Come on! La 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 jihad me! We're gonna get a fatwa. Alright, up from, I hope, God, I'm in a bad mood. Up from Breitbart.com. Uh, Friday on ABC's The View, actor Kurt Russell explained his view on the reasoning for the Second Amendment, saying in part it was established by the Founding Fathers for certain protections of its people. Russell said, in reality, when we're dealing with things like terrorism, whatnot, we're all going to have different opinions on how to do it, how to deal with it. Mine happens to be that I think there's a very strong reason the Founding Fathers had for the Second Amendment, and that is that no government ever hasn't had to fight its own people, and its own people hasn't had to fight its own government. We had our Civil War. If that Second Amendment hadn't have been there, those people wouldn't have had the opportunity to do what they considered defending their life, their way, their style of living. So I agree with that. I think that's an important part of our existence. It's basically that simple. Oh my God, did they burst into flames of the view? Co-host Joy Behar said, I think people more object to the excesses of the Second Amendment not the Second Amendment. It's the boom, 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 boom guns. Russell said, and that's where the debate comes in. I think it's too bad the debate can't remain civil, too. It's hard to do. I talked about sometimes talking about terrorism. Whatever we do, we all have our opinion on that, too. Whatever we do, we're a little late for the people who have died. And if you know somebody or you know a child that has maimed in that uh, situation... I got a strong feeling that one's opinion has a tendency to change then. So I just leave it open for interpretation by all different people and say, we're all in this together. We're going to hear people talk about it. All right, I, I, that is stupid. That's it up? I'm going to sit here and say everybody's everybody's opinion is as valid as everybody else's opinion on the subject. Wait, no, there isn't. There, there's no opinion. It the thing. It's what the thing means. It's an inanimate object. It means what the people wrote it said it means. It's not open to everybody's point of view. We're all in this together. Oh, go hug a fuzzy muzzy, Kurt Russell. I know everyone thinks, oh, he's, oh, he's such a great conservative. He's in that Hollywood town. Uh, horse crap, and I've been saying that ever since the first time my wife said it. I'm sorry. He is not a conservative. He's not a Hollywood lunatic, but he's not a conservative. And he doesn't understand the Constitution. And you can tell, by the way, he didn't really talk about it. I'm sorry, but the Second Amendment clearly states that we have the right to bear arms. We, the people. And that it shall not be infringed, which means no limitations on it whatsoever. But it is important to note they said bear. That means carry. Some idiot doesn't. Some idiot I talked to on Twitter actually didn't know that. While well, he's debating me, 
calling me names. <sighs> all the people talk about it. I don't have to hear all kinds of people talk about it. I know. I, I listen to the people in the debates in the Constitutional Convention, the people who wrote it. That's what I listen to. That's the people I hear talking, not a bunch of people talking out their backsides. Everyone's got an opinion, but much like backsides, we don't all want to hear from it. And if your opinion is not based on fact, then you're a moron. So it isn't that simple. It isn't relative. There's right and there's wrong. There's good and there's evil. There's the right way to do something and the wrong way to do something. It is that cut dry. It is that black and white. Let's not get into the 40 shades of gray. People that live in gray are just people lost. I don't care if it's 600 shades of gray. I'm not reading the book. And I don't live in the gray. The gray is limbo. It's between good and evil. So, yeah, there's some gray there. Sure enough. You don't want to live there, do you? Because all you're basically saying is, I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. I don't, I'm swayed by looks and appearance and just what people tell me. I have no... <laughs> Or actual opinion. I know nothing about the subject whatsoever, nor do I care. I used to be like that, so I understand that perfectly. But, you know, you learn politics affects everybody in life. Everybody. Well, So you could not pay attention to what it's doing to you, but the government's still going to be doing it to you. So it doesn't do no good to put your head in the sand. Because the world of beast is still going to eat you. It's been a long time since you changed one of my up downs to ups to down or down to up. <laughs> so I'm I'm okay with that. Oh well, it's okay then. Thank you. All right, a down. I've been talking about Kurt Russell for too long. From the associated press, the force is strong in Berlin. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. The, the, it's a Star Wars movie came out. I know. I don't know. Everybody seemed to hate the prequels except me. I liked them. I didn't, I didn't like one of them that much, but uh, I liked that. I liked the guy that was the Sith Lord. He was awesome. That fight scenes were awesome. Um, sorry. That, right there, that made the whole movie. The rest of the movie could have sucked. I wouldn't have cared. I liked watching him fight. If we could have had more fight scenes put in there with him, I'd have been for it. Anyway, but the force is strong in Berlin. A church in the German capital invited Star Wars fans to attend a special service Sunday themed on the sci-fi blockbuster in an attempt to attract more young people into the pews. No, not stink. Benches. <laughs> I love kids out there going, pew! <laughs> Ew, pew! Yeah, this is a little over the top. Okay. I, <laughs> no, it's ever since the Catholic Church allowed folk singing, nothing was over the top. I've not seen anything more over the top than that. About 500 people heeded the call and attended the service, some carrying lightsaber props or wearing Darth Vader masks. It was more than twice as many as usually come to Zion Church on Sunday. Now, do mention that the people that have the that are playing these in the movies have asked everybody not to come in costume. 
because you can't be hiding your faces uh, because of terrorism. See? Again, another dark day for the <laughs> another dark day for the Catholic Church. Unbelievable. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> this is what happens when you secularize a religion. Just think about that for a moment. Um. Anyway, uh, about five hundred people, and uh, they were flooded. We were very happy to see so many people in the church today," said Protestant pastor Lucas Ledwig. He says, can't blame the Catholics. Oh, it's Protestant. That's right. I'm, Protestant I'm sorry pastor. about that. Why does he just say Protestant? It, there's no such thing as Protestant, is there? I've never seen a Protestant church that was just Protestant. Is there? Is there like Protestant churches? Yes. I know. It's so, yeah, it's tr- there is, but it, that always boggled my mind. Because there are a whole bunch of different sects of Christianity that are all Protestant. They're all coming to the Protestant banner. They broke off, spun off, however you want to deal with it. So, I, you know, I just find it interesting. It's a, it's a, you know, you have to be me to be interested in this stuff, I guess. Um, anyway, so the Protestants, I, I see that Protestants not, it's the Protestant church, not Protestants, because you're all Protestants and, uh, oh, I, I'm just confused. It's great to see there are subjects that people are interested in. Star Wars? I mean, I could use Star Wars to make a sermon. I don't know if he could or did. I don't know what he did. But you could use Star Wars and you could make good moral points for your sermons. You you could actually do that. I'd be all for it. Any any way to make people understand what the heck you're talking about. Okay, but listen what he says. I know, but he's going a little too far. Listen what he says. They trust us to make them part of the church service without making it too Christian or too Star Wars, but to find a good compromise. How can you be in a Christian church Actually, and not make it too Christian? the messages in Star Wars were Christian. Oh, my Lord. The messages in Star Wars well, were Christian. We don't want to make it too Christian in a Christian church. What the hell? <laughs> Excuse me? Chase away those that are not really there for the religion. They're just there for... The party? Star Wars party, yeah. Oh my! Uh. I can't believe grown people still dress up like like this. I I know they do, I, but when I when it pops up, I never think about it. But then when it pops up, I'm like, man, grown people really going to movies dressed in character and okay, it's just never liked the movie theater that much. With the film's theme song played on the church's organ. Still echoing around the rafters, because, you know, that's so much better than those spirituals. The 30-year-old said he came up with the idea of the Star Wars service while talking with fellow pastor Ulrike Garve, 29, about how much they were looking forward to the seventh installment in the franchise Star Wars, The Force Awakens, which, open Friday, Star Wars pick up religious images, including Christian images, and maybe some from other religions, said Ludwig. In doing so, it shows that the Bible and the church are part of our culture that keeps being reworked and reinterpreted. That's the important part, ladies and gentlemen. You can't keep reworking and reinterpreting without losing the original package, 
whether it be the Constitution or Christianity. You can't just keep make changing it to your will, like just because times change, man. Now, the Bible history doesn't change. It doesn't change. So stop finding new ways to interpret the stuff so that you can feel good about running around like a doofus sinner all the time. Well, you, after all, as long as the church doesn't tell you you're doing something wrong, then you won't be doing something wrong, right? And God has to listen to that drivel, right? Because we all know that Pastor X, Y, and Z over there doesn't even teaching God's word now, is he? Goodness gracious, it changed. It doesn't change. That's the point, though, what you're saying. Because of this, we're going farther and farther away from God. Yeah, I mean, look, people have no problems with satanic temples anymore. That That's enough said right there, I think. Anyway, churchgoer Jonathan Wanberger, dressed as Jawa Trader, described the service as a welcome change from tradition. See, I like tradition. Tradition's good. Why do you have to mess with tradition? Tradition! It, there's no reason to do that. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, but it had the opposite <laughs> message that I'm trying to put forth. So, bad reference, really. Um, <laughs> oh, like a welcome change from tradition. Religion should be... <laughs> Either they're teaching you the truth or they're not. If if they keep changing, that means they weren't telling the truth. And, that problem, and they're still not telling the truth. Otherwise, it wouldn't keep changing. Truth doesn't change. It stands to the test of time. If you want your own religion, go make your own darn religion. Call it the Star Wars religion. There you go. You could you could worship uh, Jabba the Hutt or something. I know I'm not supposed to chase people away from God, that, but no, no, it's just being snarky, obviously. You don't have to take everything that's religious too seriously. That's yeah, the oh, no, because religion's not really that important, so we, don't take that stuff too seriously. That is the entire problem. He just if stated it correctly. If it feels good, do, do it. it. <laughs> of course, you have to treat it with respect, but when there's a global event like Star Wars, it's okay to jump on the bandwagon, he said. Um, you can't take religious religions too seriously. That's the infiltration of the progressives into Christianity, into all the churches, and you bet, Catholic Church included, all of them are infiltrated. Yep, Baptist Church too, Methodist, Lutheran, everywhere. All the major religions they in this country, they have worked their way into, just like they took over education, just like they're taking over science now. They go in and they push their progressive agenda. I don't understand how people could grow to the gauge of adulthood and be seriously this confused about how the world works. I mean, it's nonsensical. I just want to. I just want to be like England, you know, and and everything's taken care of. There's no worries. Uh, you better go. You better start talking to some people actually that live there because uh, they tell you a different story. Again, this is Germany. They've lost their minds. Oh, well, yeah, Germany is, I can't understand what happened. Germany used to be the most, you know, staunchest about tradition. And yep. 
and culture. Well, they're all fuzzy muzzy now. So. <laughs> well, yeah, they've been invaded. Anyway, uh, let's see. Scott McGuire reporting, <laughs> sporting a Chewbacca costume. <laughs> Said he planned to go see the movie later. <laughs> I think the whole question of God is very interesting. But getting up early on a Sunday is one of those things. But for something like this, I'll go, he said. Oh, wow, God must be pleased with you. Sunday, it's early, and I don't want to have to get out of bed. But for a movie, really? I don't see how anybody called some Christian and say these things. It, you're walking around. You're not a Christian. You're not even... You're not even listening to God. You're, oh, everything's hunky-dory. It, it, it feels good to do it. It's no big deal. There's no such thing as sin, man. Okay. Don't worry. Everybody's going to heaven. <laughs> I just don't know what your specific heaven's going to look like. <laughs> Mine, I know. I'm good. I'm done. I've, I've settled in. I've, I've, I've purchased my, my plot. <laughs> And before we continue with the news behind the news, we're going to go to a commercial break. So, Cooperative Radio Show, you stay tuned because we'll be right back. We are the socialists. You will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policy of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891 Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 
That's 800-764-9168. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, hour two and a half. Before Everybody we, seems to have to know where they are in the show every given time. Before we move on, this is what's happening here in this country, what's happening in Germany. We are turning into Europe because we're not being religious anymore. Then that's why the, all the war on Christianity, the war on Christmas, they are trying to force our hand to become like this. Could you imagine what this what this church looked like with all these people in the costumes? Church, do you realize they had a TV show about the Church of England pastor, a female, female, who's a horn dog and a severe secularist? I never heard anything religious come out of her mouth. Great show, funny as heck, but smokes, drinks. The the what did they call him? The knicker, the the vicar. Vicar, yeah. It was a. Um, but yeah, you know that's what it's like over there. She Christianity smoked, she is drank, Christianity's I mean. in the <laughs> toilet over there, and people that try and preach from the street corners and warn people that their churches aren't doing them justice, they they get arrested and thrown in jail because that's hate speech. That's where we're headed. Edward Kennedy already tried. Wow, that was a pretty good impersonation. Where'd that come from? Channeling Edward Kennedy now? What the? <laughs> I have to push a button. Push the button. Now, have you ever stopped to wonder why the world's in such a mess? Why there's so much mindless mayhem on the TV and the press? Why so many busy businessmen are snapping from the stress? And the rest of us are jogging from depression. Has it ever once occurred to you or ever crossed your mind That the problems of this nation are created by design That no matter what they tell you, there's another bottom line Intertwined between the patterns of deception Since our eyes were first opened and our ears began to hear They've been herding us like cattle through our fantasies and fears They move us through illusion and confusion of the mind And by changing subtle meanings to the words between the lines 
Okay, thank you. Call Clang Clang with the K.com. And of course, it's time for the news behind the news. Before we go on, I want to thank Paul Shanklin for all the other parodies that I played this evening. Like crying over you about Killery. I had to do it because of the stupid debate. Yes, don't forget to give him credit. <laughs> he'll, he'll get mad at me. All right, from the AmericanMinute.com. Today's young adults are much less likely to believe in the American dream than were young adults in 1986. And analysts have attributed this surge in pessimism to factors such as wage stagnation, mounting college debt, and the economic damage caused by the Great Recession. The title of the Wage stagnation. you got to be kidding me. Stop with the minimum wage. You're killing everybody. Who's going to hire a kid for $15 an hour? And the title of this article was Obama is killing millennials <laughs> or destroying millennials or something like that. Well, the progressivism has done that to them. That's the lesson they need to learn. You wasted about all those years of your life because you've been nothing but indoctrinated and failed ism. However, when other journalist traces the decline of American hopelessness to the very man who promised hope and change when he first ran for president. Uh, that would be a capital P there, buddy. Reality check. For a good part of millennials' lives the past seven years, their nation has been run by a lawless, lying Marxist revolutionary. A man literally obsessed with phantom menaces like global warming, gun violence, an epidemic of racism among law enforcement and other delusions, said David Capulian, author of The Snapping of the American Mind. Well said, sir. Very well. Might have to get that book. Capulian uh, is spelled K-U-P-E-L-I-N. And it's The Snapping of the American Mind, if anyone wants to shoot over to Amazon. Meanwhile, he continued, the U.S. economy has gone to hell. Her culture has descended further into the gutter. The tyranny of political correctness has grown. Fear for the safety of the American homeland is the highest since 9-11. And the rest of the world is on fire. Of course, millennials aren't feeling all warm and hopeful about the nation's future or their own. A Fusion 2016 issues poll released early this month found that only 16% of 18- to 35-year-olds said the American dream is very much alive today. That's because we don't have a free market anymore. They're right. On the other hand, 29% said the dream is not really alive. It's very much, and it's not really alive. Okay. They're a discerning group. <laughs> the, the American feels. dream is not very much alive. It's been just destroyed by progressives. My generation was the first generation to do worse than their than their parents. And each one after that has successfully gotten worse. I don't see this American dream when there's no free market. There's nothing but crony socialism. It, it's the haves calling themselves the have-nots for the have-nots that are really screwing up the world. Not all rich people are like that. You know, there's all kinds of rich people. 
uh, most of them aren't usually socialistic in, well, not communistic. They are socialistic because they really like the government uh, regulating the crap out of the industry so that they make sure no matter what happens, they're going to make money. The pollsters compared their results with those from a similar poll conducted in 1986 by the Roper Organization. In the 1986 poll, which gauged the opinions of 18 to 34-year-olds, 32% said the American dream was very much alive, while 12% said it was not really alive. And why, why did they why write they, that they, choice? They did write it twice because I didn't do that. Because yeah, it's kind of in a different way, right? I can tell you didn't do it. But it's exactly the same thing. What the hell? Man. It, I know, they took part of that and put it down. Yeah. The three most guys, it's just lovely, the professional <laughs> journalists in the I world. know, I know. And and they make fun of bloggers. Interesting. Uh, I think bloggers should make fun of journalists because they're ridiculous. Uh, the three most common items today's younger people consider part of the American dream are the ability to start a business. Very difficult to do nowadays. Send their kids to college no. and get a college education no, for no. themselves. Again, they're still in the no. college mindset. You have no right to college, and you're not going to have any right in this country to college if I have anything to say about it. Sorry. Already, this the, the educational government complex is completely out of control. Yeah, we read that article about the girl that, that with the student loans and how the whole crony capitalist circle... Is around nope. the whole higher socialist. This it's higher not capitalism education. as as labeled by Karl Marx. Stop using the term capitalism. It is dead on this show. Do you understand? It's a derogatory term, and if you listened to me last show, derogatory term made up by Karl Marx. No, fa- no, none of the Enlightenment people ever talked about anything called capitalism. That was created by Karl Marx to try and push his view of communism on the rest of us. Das Kapital. Anyway, so since a communist called it capitalism, we're not calling it capitalism because it's not an ism. It's free market. That's it. It's that simple. Free market. Nothing simple. Well, you know what? It really is that simple. Try it and let it, just give it a shot. You, sometimes the simplest things are the best things. Isn't that Arkham's razor for all you geeks out there like me? <laughs> Arkham's razor. Look it up, <laughs> right? Pen and uh, paper. Ark, not arc. Ark. Yes, gorilla tape around the ears and head, and pen and paper in front of you when you listen to the show. The three most common. Uh, well, I just did that. And I, I, they're playing right into Prague's hands. Abominus wants to give him free education for life. <clears throat> In related news, the Washington Times reported this month on a new research paper which shows that among members of America's armed forces, white males under age 24 are most likely to commit suicide. <clears throat> wow, we've done a good job rearing those kids. Hey, parents, it's on you. Sorry. You sent them to the indoctrination child abuse centers. You encouraged them to stay through it through an advanced degree. You taught them nothing about U.S. history 
the Constitution or conservatism, and now you wonder why you got a bunch of freaks, and then they're killing themselves because they're miserably depressed because, I, I don't know, their brains are screwed up. Yeah, I'm not going to blame drugs for suicide. Drugs are used to commit suicide. Drugs didn't do anything. It's an inanimate object, much like guns. If you don't pull the trigger, nothing happens. If you don't swallow the pill, nothing happens. What, we got a war on inanimate objects? Blame the drugs. It's drugs. It's not drugs. By the way, maybe less drugs uh, of the good kind and more drugs of the bad kind. I'm talking about ADD drugs, ADHD drugs. Uh, we're talking about SRIs. We're talking antidepressants. Uh, I probably left some, one or two things out, but it's all the mind-altering chemistry drugs that they're feeding everybody, pushing them on veterans as well. And yes, that is a side effect. Homicidal or suicidal tendencies. The two psychologists who weren't even smart enough to get a, a, an MD degree, who authored the paper initially considered psychologists aren't doctors, psychiatrists are. They go to law, they go through med school. Psychologists don't. It's a PhD. Pile higher and deeper and psychobabble. That's what I want. <clears throat> anyway, these two psychologists who authored the paper finally considered whether military suicides increased in the 2000s because of the two wars launched in that decade. But upon reviewing historical data, they found military suicides actually fell during previous wars. So they concluded the military's current suicide problem is a millennial generation problem. The authors noted millennial recruits are more likely than previous generations to come from a single-parent homes and carry the emotional baggage of adverse childhood experiences. Wow, what did we do before civilization? Because that was just one big bad experience. How did we live? How ever did we survive? Therefore, they are more vulnerable cohort of soldiers as compared to earlier generations, according to the report. Kupalian uh, agrees that the analysis, but sees another factor at work as well. This is sadly true, of course, but compounding this problem is that the commander-in-chief, it's community organizer-in-chief, get that right, is a person that most soldiers recognize is not a worthy leader and cannot truly have their best interests at heart, Kupalian said. This is devastating for the military. Indeed, the report found that for some mysterious reason, the rate of military suicides, predominantly among millennials, it's just a label, get over it, started increasing shortly before Obama became president. The rate started sharply increasing around 2006 or seven, according to one of the reported, uh, report's authors. Survey data seemed to back up Kupalian's point. In 2014, President Obama's popularity fell to an all-time low among active duty military members. Boy, it must have really soared when he had open homosexuality in there, huh? And now women in combat. Wow. Just keep piling it on. That's what it... it he's going to turn the greatest... It claims we have the most powerful army in the world. That's nonsense. I don't believe it. <laughs> After him? No. And it's just getting worse every day. 
I'm sorry, there'll be nothing left to the military when they're done with it. And it'll be good, because then they can come in and take us over and make us part of the New World Socialist Order. See, it all makes sense. All right, so uh, <clears throat> 55% disapproved. And in 2009, Obama Nissa's first year in office, 35% of military members had approved of him, while 40% had disapproved. In short, Kabbalion faults Obamanists for crushing the very spirit that keeps the American dream alive. And he the American did. dream has everything to do with hopefulness, with love of country, with optimism, with a belief in American exceptionalism. And just beneath the surface of that belief in American exceptionalism, a belief that God has uniquely blessed this nation, Kobolian said. Well stated. It's true. We keep saying it. This is God's Oh, country. no, but you said isms are bad. What? Exceptionalism. Oh, no. Oh, it is, if it's only an ism. Because that makes it a belief, not a fact. American exceptionalism is a fact. Well, was. You gotta admit, we're not exceptional anymore. We're going right, we're, the fast track to Europe is where we're on right now. How are we special? That's what we've turned this country into by leaving the levers of power to politicians instead of doing it ourselves. The far left led Obamanists, who has controlled the nation's levers of power, hey, that was interesting, <laughs> use the same term, uh, Great minds think alike. Nation's levers of power for seven long years has done everything possible, whether intentionally or not, to extinguish this flame, this love of country and confidence in the future that has traditionally burned brightly in the hearts of every true American. No, instead, we have to turn our backs on our religion and learn to be more open like Obamanists and take in evil and embrace evil and take evil to our dinner tables and even into our beds. This is what the ilk that control Obamanists wants for you well sometimes scars just a cigar from what well because he's calling them millennials and i just keep thinking of why why <laughs> what why is that a bad name you know what millenniums is a millennium is look it up they use the look every one of them the derogatory you had the hippies you had the uppies you had the, uh, what the heck was it? There's something else before then. It's our, our generation, the do-nothing generation. Uh, then the 80s, I forget what they called them. I don't know, but it was like death to music in the 80s. And uh, I don't remember that group. But I remember we were the do-nothing generation, which is aptly said, really, frankly. <laughs> um, I don't know about the 80s group. They seem to be more into punk rock and stuff. And uh, that that was actually political. So as much as I hated punk rock, I like the messages usually. The what am I why am I talking about this because in music we can find that exceptionalism that we can no longer find in ordinary things like our government, military, etc because of one simple truth. The progs destroy any notion of anything exceptional. Unless it's just to label everything perfect. Which, by the way, millennials, you own that. 
All of you say it all the time. Perfect, 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 perfect. Only God's perfect. Stop saying that. Just say good. <laughs> Something normal. Perfect. Because, frankly, every time they say that, I'm going, that wasn't perfect. Anyway, um, we can get the heart back pretty good. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of good people out there. The young people are going to have to learn that instead of trying to teach old people something, they need to shut up and learn from old people. That's a big problem with their generation. So they think they know everything better than we do. That's what they were trained to believe. And so they don't listen to us. You need to listen to your elders because they have learned history and you haven't yet. You haven't experienced that history. And if you don't learn it, it's going to smack you right upside the head. Now, it is not too late for anything. Anybody that says that is a, is an idiot working for the other side. It's never too late. You never give up till the you till your last dying breath. You never give up. Oddly enough, that was a, that was another tie-in to Navy SEAL training. Those aren't superhuman people that go there, but they're people that can push themselves through anything without giving up. That's what they want in a Navy SEAL. That's the that's the attitude it takes to be a Navy SEAL because you're going to be in horrible conditions all the time doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and uh, you have to control that environment or the environment will control you. Anyway, let's move along. I feel long-winded on that one. From WorldNet Daily, think online gaming is all fun and games? Uh, no, it costs money. Think again in an investigative piece for full measure, John Humbert with Como in Seattle reported on the dark side of gaming. Online, online video gaming has become an enormity industry with sales upwards of $15 billion in 2014. But as graphics technology and popularity increase, gaming has become darker. Everyone games now, says web developer Israel Galvez. We're not all the basement dwellers living in our mom's basement. Gaming took a sinister turn in August 2014 with the harassment against several women working in the video game industry, including game developers and cultural critics. The women were calling for less sexualized stereotypes of female characters, less violence, higher ethical standards, and less misogyny in online games. Again, why? Who are you to tell me what to put in my games? You don't like my games. Don't buy them. Don't play them. No. Go pound sand. I'll make whatever works, whatever I like. It's my artistic vision, not yours. Oh, but it's bad for the... No, it isn't. What's bad for the social fabric of this country is the people that keep saying it's bad for the social fabric of the country. Liberty is not bad for the fabric of society. It's, the, it's quintessentially needed. All right, all, right, all right. Less misogyny in online games. The harassment against the women became coordinated and escalated to include threats of rape and death, and most notably, doxing. This is when docs are published with personal information on victims and their family members in hopes that someone else will use the information to harass and intimidate them. 
Collectively, this controversy became known as Gamergate. Supporters of Gamergate oppose any attempts to impose social justice or feminine ideologies on the video gaming culture. Eh, I'm with them. Yeah, but not their tactics. I didn't say anything about tactics. I said, uh, this political correctness crap stays out of my world. Don't let it into the internet, political correctness. No, no, no. Be as misogynistic as you like. It's your webpage. I'm so sick of the left and their their minions. Some call it a backlash against political correctness, but it goes deeper than that. Bitter towards feminism, said Galvez. There are lots of men's rights activists involved. Now the stakes have moved higher. Where once childish pranks might be pulled, such as ordering takeout food to be delivered to the victim's door, along with the demands for payment of the meal, now it has, is morphing into something much, much more dangerous. Accusations of threats that can bring SWAT teams. These kinds of false accusations are termed SWATting, a prank call that brings police, emergency officials, or even SWAT teams to the victim's doorstep. I know you all have heard about this before. Oh, God, we've been reporting on it for two years. I know. So I'm sure my listeners are have heard of this before. Uh, but maybe not the new ones. We get new ones coming in and out all the time. Galvez says swatters are basically domestic terrorists when taken to this level. Okay, stop right there. This is i got to bring this point up because we've been talking, again, we've been talking about this for two years. Where was the outrage when conservatives were being swatted, as we've reported on? Over and over again. No, it's just because feminists now are being swatted that the outrage is coming out. Most of the people that we reported on, Brian, were conservatives. Yes, this was I know that. To. Or Christians. But I, now, everyone's up in arms because it's feminists? Really? Feminine activists who are trying to take over the internet. That's going to cause a lot of people to react badly. And they should... Just go the hell away. Because we're not interested in more victim, victim women's groups anymore. Everyone's a friggin' victim. Go away. Want to be a victim? Be a victim. Don't complain to me about it. Anyway, this is, they posted my information, he said, my wife's information, my father's information. Maybe you should leave them alone. But if they can get their hands on that information on the internet, then it's kind of public information, isn't it? Once the group had Galvez's personal details, including his address, they sent his information to community colleges, car dealerships, and magazine subscription services. Yeah, I remember people doing that war with me. We were going back and forth. Oh, yeah, you want to try that? (laughs) I'm signing up for a million magazines, signing up for a million magazines, going back and forth at each other. In the end, we were both like, what the hell? (laughs) There was no winner in that one. Uh, So I don't know why they're still doing that nonsense. After reading the escalating tone in the post, Galvez wrote to the police because of his concerns someone might send in a hoax threat. Sure enough, police get an untraceable anonymous tip, totally false, that alleged Galvez was ready to unleash hell with pipe bombs and a new gun. Next thing I know, at 11.50 p.m., I had five police officers at my door. we got to go to a, another five-minute break. It's Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back.
This is Jeff Carlisi from the band 38 Special. On behalf of all my conservative rocker friends, I'd like to thank the brave members of our fine armed forces for putting their lives on the line every day to protect our liberty. Thank you. See it all around you. We built this city. You didn't build that. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. You didn't build that. We built this city on rock and roll. That's the reason I'm running for president because I still believe in that idea. You didn't build that. You didn't build that. Welcome to the Red State Cafe. My name's Darla. You ready to order, sweetie? Your omelets are made with organic eggs, right? They come from a chicken's ass. That organic enough for you, sugar? Uh, what's your pork? Is it steroid-free? It is by the time Chef Earl is done with it, honey. Well, how about your chicken fried steak? That's made with free-range chicken, right? Free-range? We can't afford to give it away, darling. Look, I don't see it on the menu, but can you just make me a progressive omelet? <laughs> Now, just as there was in Teddy Roosevelt's time, there is a certain crowd in Washington who, for the last few decades, have said, let's respond to this economic challenge with the same old tune. The market will take care of everything, they tell us. If, if we just cut more regulations and cut more taxes, especially for the wealthy, our economy will grow stronger. Now, it's a simple theory, and, and we have to admit it, it's one that speaks to our rugged individualism and our healthy skepticism of too much government. That's, that's in America's DNA. And that theory fits well on a bumper sticker. But here's the problem. It doesn't work. It has never worked. I hear all this, you know, well, this is class warfare, this is whatever. No. There is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there, good for you. But I want to be clear, you moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. You hired workers the rest of us paid to educate. You uh, were safe in your factory because of police forces and fire forces that the rest of us paid for. You didn't have to worry that marauding bands would come and seize everything at your factory and hire someone to protect against this because of the work the rest of us did. Now look, you built a factory and it turned into something terrific or a great idea. God bless. Keep a big hunk of it. But part of the underlying social contract is you take a hunk of that and pay forward for the next kid who comes along.
If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policy of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891. Hi, this is Jeff Carlisi from the band 38 Special. The mainstream media has failed the American people once again. Internet radio networks like Red State Talk Radio will not fail you. Tune in 24 hours a day. Studios A and B. Great conservative programming around the clock. Red State Talk Radio, the dominant force in Internet conservative talk radio. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. Is there something you want to say to President Obama and Elizabeth Warren? About what? <laughs> About the clips we just played. He says it's never worked. Reducing taxes in government. It's always worked. Every time it's been tried. Oh, by the way, welcome back to Hour 3. And Elizabeth Warren. Marauding. Marauding bands. <laughs> you can how oh, your your business without worrying about marauding bands attacking you and taking everything you built. Oh, you mean like the people in Baltimore and the people in Detroit and the people in Chicago? Holy smokes, man. Right? The Black Mount Lives Matters marauding bands? Well, they're, yeah, I guess that's the only marauding bands there are. Uh, but you know, the whole notion of is an underlying social contract that's a hippie, that's from the 60s. And it's from the Communist Party. If you didn't know that. Oh, and also, it's it was from the late 1930s, right? We started with the uh, progressive movement? No. Much further back than that, dear. Oh. What are you talking about? Teddy Roosevelt was late 1800s. I was going to say that first. And the late 1800s. Tommy the Commie Woodrow Wilson was President when? I'd have to look that up. I don't have it memorized. 1910, right? Well, see, you do. Well, that's all before 1930-something, isn't it? Okay, so it's farther back, but it's Teddy still Roosevelt the same. was the first progressive party, the Bull Moose Party. He was a prog. I don't care if you would lie to about this man your whole life. He didn't even charge up San Juan Hill, by the way. Just so you know. But he did say the hell with the Constitution, so by all means, make him your role model. No, the progressive movement was destroyed under Tommy the Congress, Woodrow Wilson, and it went underground and popped back up as liberals. Same people. Same agenda. Same, same politics. Message. Same message. Just different label. 
Now they're going back to using progressive because they know they haven't taught progress the progressive era in U.S. history. They didn't teach you about that. Well, also, more and more conservatives are calling them progressives and not liberals because they don't believe in liberty. Well, right. So they have to, like, go, oh, wow. The they first label <laughs> that they went back to was inaccurate. It was the opposite of what the label should have been, which is what they do. They label themselves the opposite of what they are <laughs> all the time. Because they labels, if people don't know anything, labels give an image in people's mind. Oh, no. Like that. The kitty. Everybody dance. <laughs> yes. Progressives. Yes, progressives, they're really regressives. Anything that moves away from the Constitution, by God, we're moved way far away from it, is progressive politics, but it is regressing. They regress to an old form of government, not ours. Socialism's been around a long time. You know, once once they got rid of, you know, serfs, they had to find another way to control the people when they weren't serfs anymore. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, this isn't anything unusual, and uh, people have tried that up here, too, but that's another story. Anyway, back to the story. Next thing I know, at 11.50 p.m., I had five police officers at my door. There was no harm. There was no harm that night because Galvez had warned police. But swatting is not a joke. Posting personal information about targets isn't uncommon on the internet, notes The Verge. But swatting is a particularly risky and extreme method of harassment. It, it's no. specifically intended to get you dead. They're trying. They're committing murder when they do that. Again, their intent is for you to answer that door, door with a gun so you get shot. Right, and again... See, that's how they get back at you gun owners. They'll just report you to police to get you shot dead. That's what they're doing. Well, this is one of the... He's a prog, and the feminists are progs, too, trying to get this change. So now they're making it a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a prog thing, not because they're still not conservatives doing it. They're not swatting him. Well, the gamers are, they're saying. The people well, who makes are you think the gamers are conservative? The people who are making the games. So these are progs versus progs, right? It's like spy versus spy, remember that? If you're a little too old for that, look it up. You're a little too young, I should say. Previously, SWAT teams have been... They don't even call themselves SWAT anymore in most places. Teams have been sent after security researcher Brian Krebs, CNN correspondent Wolf Blitzer, and Bungie executive, among others. Sounds like anarchists to me. No, anarchists need to be killed, too, because they're too stupid. They think we could live without government, so we should show them what happens when you don't have government. People kill you. Take your stuff. Nothing you can do about it. While these have all ended safely, police have inadvertently injured and even killed innocent people during other raids. And law enforcement is seeking clues on the culprit behind this particular swatting. Here's an idea. Let's get rid of SWAT. Let's get rid of the notion of SWAT, the idea of SWAT. Let's just have police officers. This way, no more no-knock warrants. you got to go serve the door, no matter what's happening inside, unless somebody's dying on the other side of the door. You cannot kick in that door. No, And you cannot kick in the door with a warrant. You knock on the door. But that gives them time. Eh, 
that gives, it gives them time. That gives me time to know that there's a police officer at my door so I don't pick up my firearm on the way to the door, right? See, that's how polite society used to be. Now the notion that everybody's a dirtbag and we can kick down your door and take over your life. And they can. Of course, they can kill you easily because there's, I don't know, six of them and one of us. And they're all wearing body armor and helmets. And... But this, yeah, this is new doing it upon themselves. But, you know, they, they invented the idea. They Good for you. It backfired. What can I tell you? Your side invented it. And my side isn't doing it. Still. It's still not my side. It's actually part of your side doing it to you. While these have all ended safely. Okay, where were they? Culprit behind. Ba, ba, ba. Police have inadvertently injured and killed another raids, and law enforcement is seeking clues on the culprit behind this particular swatting. Former Gaber Gate supporter Grace Lynn had 20 police... What? No matter what the 911 called, why would 20 police officers have to show up? You have enough money to have 20 police officers show up to a call? Really? Your tax, dollar, your tax dollars are not being spent wisely. If you need twenty police, you need the you need the National Guard. You don't, you don't need the police, or you need twenty armed militia members. Anyway, uh, twenty police is home in Portland, Oregon, on early January twenty fifteen. After an anonymous caller claimed, "Here's an idea: don't don't go." Based on anonymous callers, you don't get to send SWAT out to kick people's doors down, kill their animals, and harass them. This, this, the whole notion that, that police are behaving this way is the problem. And it's not the individual police officer per se, but it is the leaders that are teaching them, that are telling them to be this way. That's the big problem. Anyway, um... After an anonymous caller had taken multiple hostages and was threatening violence. All this because of video games. No, it isn't because of video games. Because we want you to stop telling us how to think, what to say, and what to do. So, I actually sympathize with the other side on that one. Let's try liberty. Let's, let's be obvious. Well, it's sort of like when they said, you know, it's never been tried before. Uh, it doesn't work. Every time it's tried, it doesn't work. Why? He knows you don't know history. He knows you don't know anything about the Roaring Twenties and Harding and Coolidge. And uh, what was the... Uh, Mellon. Was it his name, Mellon? Yeah, yeah. The treasurer was Mellon. And uh, how that ha happened is, is a kind of very interesting story I don't want to go into right now, but... They lowered the taxes constantly. They lowered the taxes on the rich, the highest bracket, lowered it down. Then the treasurer reported that they had received more money from that demographic than they had under the higher taxation previously. So they lowered it again, and sure enough, the rich paid them more money in taxes. Huh. So they lowered all it down about 22, I think, by the time Coolidge was done. And everything was steamrolling right along until uh, the presidents that came after undid everything they did and caused the Great Depression. 
Now, the progs will tell you, no, no, it wasn't our progressivism. It, it was their conservatism and lowering taxes. That was just a, a delayed effect. It was all theirs. It was the Roaring Twenties' fault we had a depression. What a nonsense. What, why would one have an effect on another unless you live in Kinsey and economics land? So even though they had proved their point, the progs raised the taxes again anyway. Didn't care that the facts were less taxation on the rich brings in more money in the tax coffers. Why? Because they're only interested in punishing the wealthy and the well-to-do and the success, the people with success. That's why punishment is what they want. Political correctness has always been set to destroy this country, as is social diversity, which was added on top of political correctness, and then they kept adding from there because you kept buying it all. We the people just started, ate it up for a while. I know Obama woke a lot of people up. That's a good thing, but man, you have a lot to learn. The Gamergate refusal to accept changes in the gaming industry is a cultural shift that some male gamers cannot accept, according to Galvez. He says Gamersgate's intention for reform metastasized into a crusade against anyone who wants to change in the status quo. If Gamergate was really about ethics and game journalism, I don't think we'd be seeing all the harassment. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> all the stalking, all the death threats, all the rape threats. It's not about ethics. It's about being left alone. Stop ramming your idea of culture down our throat. That's what that's about. All right. Uh, even gamer gators admit the problem is with the dark side of the web, where serious threats come out of nowhere. Swatting can be tough for law enforcement to handle, no matter where it comes from. Yeah, because the way they're behaving is the problem. They shouldn't be sending out SWATs by anonymous phone calls. You send a report, you send a, a cop police car, one car, to go check it out. You don't send twenty cops. You know, you know the explanations you'd have to make to all your neighbors after that's over with. In July, the Department of Justice told popular D.C. cyber blogger Brian Krebs that his swatter pled guilty in federal court. But Krebs was swatted in 2013, a slow sense of justice for a fast-moving controversy. Well, if it's kicked up a notch since uh, the left against the conservatives and the gun owners, yeah, well, this is, they're getting, you understand, they're getting more violent. They're getting more aggressive, more violent, because they are evil, and they are have a desire to win and destroy us. And it's close. They can feel it. It's, evil's just coming out of the woodwork. There's no more. It, you don't have to be in a closet anymore if you're evil. Just come out and state it. People love you. Oh, look, they did a black mass. They allowed them to do a black mass in New York City, televised by the satanic church. They, they allowed this. When in history you think the satanic cult would ever dare ask for a permit to do anything? Why now? And why did they expand from one temple to 13 temples? Oh, perceivably overnight. 
Oh, there was only one forever, and now there's 13. Why would there be that many people interested in the satanic church? Evil. And some of the people we're seeing, they're on the wrong side of things, as evil comes out, they're starting to behave more and more evil and even look more and more ugly on the outside. Have you noticed that by about the left-wingers? The longer you stay at it, the worse you look. Especially women. Weak. All right. Swatting's over. Moving on. But, you know, you good police officers out there should be calling for what I'm calling for. No more SWAT. No more anonymous calls that you send any number of cops out in, in, as an army. You got to be 20 police. So, that's an army. It's an anonymous call. You might want to think that it might be a prank. See? Otherwise, why are they not telling you who they are? Why are they using Skype to call? Why are they using a voice alterator? Yeah, they have them for, even for Skype. All right, anyway, uh, from CBSnews.com, the Communist Broadcasting Service. Recordings secretly made by an anti-abortion group at meetings of abortion providers do not show criminal activity and could put the providers at risk, a federal judge said Friday. I must have read that wrong. Recordings secretly made by an anti-abortion group at meetings of abortion providers do not show criminal activity and could put the providers at risk, a federal judge said Friday, citing the recent shooting at the Colorado Planned Parenthood Clinic. I'm sorry, but it does show criminal activity. They're selling baby body parts. And we're paying for it. So we have a right to know, federal judge, that shouldn't even be hearing anything. You shouldn't even have a job, frankly. And we're still paying for it. For After, what? For Planned Parenthood. They just passed a oh, budget. Oh, I know. There's no way that's ever going to go. That's any. There's certain things that the left has won, and you're just not going to get... You're not going to get anywhere by trying to go after it unless you have the the numbers to make it happen because it, they're just going to band together 100%. Planned parents want it for some reason. The killing of babies in the womb is just uh, just embraced by the left and the Democrats. Oh, yeah. Did I mention evil? U.S. District Judge William Oreck made the comments during a hearing over the... Now, who told you you were an appellate to the state courts? Anyway made the comments during a hearing over the National Abortion Federation's request for a preliminary injunction that would continue to block the release of the recordings. Oreck did not immediately issue a ruling. He previously issued a temporary restraining order blocking the recording pending the outcome of the preliminary injunction hearing. Again, silencing the opposition, silencing truth. Yep, yeah, the Center for Medical Progress. If you hear progress, it's the opposite. It's just, no. it's, yeah, it is. The Center for Medical Progress released several secretly recorded videos that it says show Planned Parenthood employees selling fetal tissue for profit. I don't know what the rest of their politics is, Susan. I'm not going to do it on one. But I use the word progress. That's it. That's not, that's certain. We, our site doesn't use the word like that. It's, it's not part of our name. That's always the progressives. Oh, we're making medical, for medical progress. Who's against medical progress? Depends on what you're going to do with 
medical progress and what medical progress is. Like, I don't know, are we talking about uh, cloning humans? Because I'm against it. Oh, the Constitution doesn't give them the power over this at all. Federal government shouldn't be have anything to say in it whatsoever. Um, anyway, so they, they're the ones that released the recorded videos that show Planned Parenthood employees selling fetal tissue for profit, which is illegal. The judge said no criminal activity. They de- selling fetal tissue for profit, which is illegal. Gee, how could that be? How could it be illegal? He said no criminal activity. And now he's going to block the good guys because some nut tried to shoot somebody at a Planned Parenthood. Which is probably someone from their own side, believe it or not. Uh, it's certainly someone under their drugs. The left love medicated children and we the people. It's, it's an attempt to further dumb you down. Or Brett Yate can go crazy and kill a bunch of people, and that fits into their agenda nicely. Anyway, uh, the Planned Parenthood has said it abides by a law that allows providers to be reimbursed for the costs of processing tissue donated by women who have had abortions. Except you never asked those women if they would donate, donate that tissue. You are lying as usual. I can tell because I'm reading your words. Your lips must have moved. The videos have riled anti-abortion activists and fueled discussion in Congress about cutting off funding for Planned Parenthood. They should have done that uh, decades ago. Again, there's nothing in the Constitution about giving anybody money for women's health. The National Abortion Federation filed the lawsuit in July saying members of the Center for Medical Progress infiltrated its meetings and recorded its members. The Federation of Abortion Providers says the release of any audio or video would put its members in danger. Really? Then you must be doing dangerous, uh, illegal activity. Arik seemed to agree, saying doctors who have appeared in videos released by the center have received death threats. He also cited suspected arson at abortion clinics and the November shooting at the Colorado Springs Planned Parenthood Clinic, that left three people dead and nine wounded. A law enforcement source told CBS News Justice and Homeland Security correspondent Jeff Pegu that as suspect Robert Lewis Deer was being taken into custody, what? Robert Lewis Deer was being taken into custody after the November 27 shooting. Deer said, no more baby body parts. Oh, so they're doing, they're breaking the law, and someone has a problem with their breaking the law, and you have a problem, they have a problem with breaking the law. This is interesting. During a court hearing early this month, Deer declared, I am guilty. There will be no trial. I am a warrior for the babies. After the shooting, Planned Parenthood officials also linked the attack to the negative environment created by the anti-abortion critics of Planned Parenthood services. Now you're trying to stop free speech again, Planned Parenthood. You do that all the time. Oh, no, they sh- they get to march back and forth and pick at your place all they want. Catherine Short, attorney for the Center for Medical Progress, said there is no evidence the Colorado shooter was motivated by the group's videos or that doctors have been directly threatened. The release of the recordings is vital to furthering public discussion about topics such as whether 
the country's abortion laws are too loosely written, she said. The center says in court documents its work is the equivalent of investigative journalism and protected by the First Amendment. It's beyond dispute that this material is of significant public interest, Short said. I don't think this court should be saying the public can't handle the truth. Well, because you shouldn't even have to talk to this court, sir. The national abortion, and there's no, uh, there is no change in the Constitution that gives the national government the power over birth, abortion, or otherwise. There was no social engineering in the Constitution over our founding fathers, ladies and gentlemen. That was lied and put into by false interpretation, by purposely interpreting something that you know full well means the opposite, and that's what the progs have done in the federal judiciary. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> the National Abortion Federation says the recordings violate agreements the center entered into not to make such recordings or any meetings or discussions at the Federation's conferences and not to disclose information learned at its conferences to any third party without first obtaining the Federation's consent. The Federation? Really? you got to go all the way to Star Trek? Here, clearly, our ex expectation was that we were creating a safe place for our people to dialogue and learn and address problems, said Linda Shostak, Shostak, an attorney for the National Abortion Federation. Shostak said evidence of a crime might trump the confidential agreements, but there was no such evidence in the recording. Selling a baby pipe party parts is illegal! Why do you keep saying there's no evidence of what it's in the video. This is our federal judiciary. This is our federal government. It's actually not ours. But we're responsible for its creation. Much like Frankenstein. And his monster. This is our monster. I'm sorry. Oh, I want to be the country that protects people killing baby, murdering babies in the womb. That, that's great. Oh, we, we gotta let women have choice. They have all the choice they want. They have all the freedoms of everybody else. They can say yes. They can say no. They can jump up and down. They can have sex with everyone they meet. They gotta have sex with no one. They have the freedom to do whatever they want. But with choices come consequences. And if you have unprotected sex and you are of birthing age, it is likely you are going to get pregnant. And that pregnant is the responsibility of your choice to have sex in the first place. Unprotected or otherwise. There's your choice. I'm very pro-choice. But you people aren't that say you're pro-choice. You're pro-murdering babies in the womb. You know, not about the choice. Have sex, not have sex. Use contraceptives, don't use contraceptives. I don't know. Absolute choice means the right to keep murder babies in the womb. That's it's not a choice. Sorry. You had your choice. Say no. Cross your legs. Or what did that guy say? Hold, hold an aspirin between your knees. All of it will work, I guarantee it. No sex, no pregnancy. 
Unless it's you go to a doctor and get in vitro fertilization, it just doesn't happen. No, you can't get it from a swimming pool or sitting on a toilet seat or anyplace else. If you get pregnant, it's because you had sex. You know what? I'm on second thought where we are in the show. I need you to do your little spiel. But I think I'm going to save this next article because it's really in-depth for the next show. And it's about your favorite subject during nullification. Yep. So scroll down on the copy. I thought you wanted me to do this. I want you to do that too, but I want you to get to the next segment. This is an awful long article. And that's why we need to do it on the next show, because it's very in-depth and very... Oh, no, the pilgrims are landing. Susan will read. (laughs) Really? Again? Yes. I'll read. Oh, no. First. Oh, okay. If you want to listen to our show live, ladies and gentlemen, you can find us at uncooperativeradio.com. Sundays and Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can also download and listen to all our shows for free on that site. You can also get any app you want for whatever device you have on that site, uh, which is Spreaker, by the way. You can also, a lot of you already are, download or listen to it at TalkShoe.com. And it's TalkCast ID 9461. But just do Uncooperative Radio in the search, and it'll, it'll, it'll come up. I don't believe there's another one. Better not be. There is. Tell me about it. So Susan wants to read. The Pilgrim's Landing. Oh, oh, oh you want me to continue to say where we're rebroadcasted and etc.? Yes. Oh. Well, we're happily rebroadcasted on redstatetalkradio.com, not to be confused with Red State Radio. This is no affiliation with Red State. It's redstatetalkradio.com. Where they have 24-7 streaming conservative talk radio. Seven days a week. Two studios. 40 hosts. And we're carried on Studio A. Tuesdays and Fridays, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. The free 24-7 listener line. Not calling the show line. Listener line. 605-562-4209. 605-562-4209. Avail yourself of the free call. Studio B, our show rebroadcast Sunday, 12 a.m. Eastern, Tuesday, 9 a.m. Eastern, Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. And our 24-7 and free listener line is on Studio B, 518-712-0045. 518-712-0045. These numbers are part of the studios, not the shows. So you only need one set of numbers. If you didn't write that down because you didn't take our advice, then you could go to redstatetalkradio.com and you could just look up the schedule. And you could get the full schedule right there. No big deal. While you're there, check out the free newsletter. It's a very good one. I think you'll like it. And if you don't, you can just unsubscribe from it. Give it a shot. All right. We're also carried on iHeart, iTunes. Not so much on Podomatic. Sometimes I put a show up there. It's too 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 much of a hassle. Um, Talkshoe.com. You already said Talkshoe. I don't know. They're all over the place. Really, they are. Uh, because I put them in places that I don't remember I put them long ago. Other people have put my shows up on places that I don't know about. They haven't told me about. Well, and I want to thank our affiliates, too, our AM affiliates. AM and FM affiliates, yes. yes. I don't have a list of them in front of me because I wasn't replaced. But we'll start 
telling you who they are again. But okay. Yes, we are. We are syndicated in even AM and FM radio stations. Can you please move the light so I can see? This is very small. I want to say Merry Christmas. <laughs> if you will. Christ Mass. Okay, so I am going to read about the pilgrims because they were landing tomorrow, 1620. Not time, date. So I'm going to read A Patriot's History of the United States by Larry Schweikhart and Michael P. Allen, one of our favorite books, about New England's pilgrims and Puritans. Whereas gold provided the motivation for the colonization of Virginia, the settlers who traveled to Plymouth came from much different reasons. The Puritans had witnessed a division in their ranks based on their approach to the Anglican Church. One group... Anglican. Anglican. Well, you can... Thank you. Correct me, please. I did. Oh, thank you. One group believed that not only should they remain in England, but they they had also had a moral duty duty to purify the church from the inside. Yeah, how'd that work out for them? Others, however, had given up on uh, the Anglican... Go ahead, correct me again. Anglican. Church. Labeled separatist, they favored removing themselves from England entirely, and they defied the orders of the king by leaving for Europe Protestant ma- nations. Their disobedience to royal decrees and British law often earned the separatists persecution and even death. Okay, something that doesn't happen here. Yeah. Well, not till the Muzzies come. The in, Muzzies come, they're here. In 1608, a group of 125 separatists from Scroby in Nottinghamshire. I can't read that from here. <laughs> Nottinghamshire? I have to back up because you did something else wrong, too. Okay. Let me just grab the book for a second. Okay. These little is, type I know, books. they're really small type in, in this book. Um, and it's a thick book, too. 125 separatists from Scrooby, not Scrooby, Scrooby, in Nottinghamshire. Slipped out of England for you're, Holland. You're not even near the microphone when you did that. I was telling, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, they could hear if they got really close or turned up the volume for a second. Oh, no. Well, I had to put it by the light so I could read it, and it's <laughs> okay. away from the microphone. I'm sorry about that. Okay. So she'll read that sentence again since I already told her what the words are. No, I'm not going yes, to. Yes, you are. Go ahead. <laughs> not, they, they didn't hear it. 125 separatists from Scrooby in Nottinghamshire slipped out of England for Holland. Among the most respected leaders of these pilgrims, as they later came to be known, was a 16-year-old boy named William Bradford. I had no idea he was 16. William Bradford? Yeah. That's young. He became a leader. So did uh, George Washington. In Holland, they faced no religious persecution, but as foreigners, they found little work and worse. Puritan children were exposed to the great litigiousness of Dutch youth. When few other English separatists joined them, the prospects for establishing a strong Puritan community in Holland seemed remote. After receiving assurances from the king that they could exercise their religions, views freely, they opened negotiations with one of the proprietors of the Virginia Company, Sir Edwin Sandys, about obtaining a great Virginia, a grant, sorry, in Virginia. Sandys cared little for Puritanism, but he needed colonists in the New World. Certainly the pilgrims already had displayed courage and resourcefulness. He therefore allowed them a tract near the mouth of the Hudson River, which was located on the northernmost boundary of the Virginia Grant. So th- these grants extended a lot farther than the, the colonies ended up. 
the grants from the kings. They were really large until they the colonists broke them up into smaller portions for themselves. A lot of people don't know that. To raise capital, the pilgrims employed the joint stock company structure, which brought several non-separatists into the original band of settlers. Again, Brian, this is showing an economic need. For set, that's that was part of it. Not only religious persecution; it was also well, economic. Any, anybody that left England who wasn't an Anglican was for religious persecution. Every all the Protestants that left France and the rest of Europe because of the Catholic Church also fleeing religious persecution. So they were fleeing religious persecution and monetary. Sailing on the Mayflower, thirty-five of the separatists. Uh, let's see, original. Okay. Sailing on the Mayflower, 35 of the original pilgrims and 65 other colonists left the English harbor of Plymouth in September 1620, bound for the Hudson River. Blown off course, the pilgrims reached the New World in November, some 500 miles north of their intended location. They dropped anchor at Cape Cod Bay at an area called Plymouth by John Smith. Arriving at the wrong place, the colonists remained aboard their vessel while they considered their situation. I, I didn't know this either until I read this. That Well, I'll go on. Any settlement could, could be perceived in England as defined, this defiance of the crown because they were not in Virginia and had no charter to Plymouth. Bradford and the 40 other adult men thus devised a document before they even went ashore to emphasize their allegiance to King James to renounce any intention to create an independent republic and to establish a civil government. It stated clearly that their purpose in sailing to Virginia was not for the purpose of rebellion, but for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith and honor of our king and country. And while the Mayflower Compact provided for laws and the administration of the colony, it constituted more than a mere civil code. It pledged each of them solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another to covenant and combine ourselves under, turning the page, a civil body politic under just and equal laws for the furtherance of the glory of God. Again, Brian, what does this show? It's showing that we already started to govern ourselves when we left England. Because when there is no government, life sucks. So you create government to make life not suck. And then if you're smart, you're stuck. Until you make it so big, it sucks. And also that it was under God. Everything was about under God. But I hate to break it to y'all up there. We're Christ founded fundamentally by Christians. That's all there is to it. I don't care what you think. You want to lie to yourself? Go ahead. We tell you the truth. You take it away from the show, whatever you want. Uh, but, you know, you shouldn't hide from the truth. To the pilgrims, a just and equal society had to be grounded in religious faith. Developing along a parallel path to the concepts of government emerging in Virginia, the Mayflower Compact underscored the idea that government came from the governed under God and that the law treated all equally. But it also extended into civil affairs, the concept of a church contract or covenant, reinforcing the close connection between the role of the church and the state. Finally, it started to lay a foundation for future action against both the King of England and 88 years after that, slavery by establishing basic principles in the contract. This constituted a critical development in the Anglo-European culture that increasingly emphasized written rights. One of the first acts of their new democracy, the colonists selected Bradford as government. governor. He's like 16 years old. 
Brian. I think wow. it's grown up a little bit. Okay, like 17? Really? I don't <laughs> know. You're the, reading the book. It has a, dates there. I they, can't tell they, you. They're still in the, <laughs> they're still in the boat. Having taken care of administrative matters, in late December 1620, the pilgrims climbed out of their boats at Plymouth and settled at cleared land that may have been an Indian village years later, because the Indians were no bad Years back ago, then. not later. It's earlier. Mm. Years earlier. Again, they stayed in their boats for almost a year. <laughs> uh, well, when they came out, they all half of them <laughs> died. So, yep. Because they brought communism with them. <laughs> That's right. Communism failed. Socialism, communism failed in this country twice, and at least twice, maybe more, in our early founding. Uh, Jonestown was the other one, and about half of their population died through the winter. They had arrived too late in the year to plant, and like their countrymen farther south, the pilgrims suffered during their first winter, with yeah. half the colony per perishing. Yeah, they're not telling. I don't know why this book isn't telling you that. They were. They tried collectivism. All the land belonged to the collective. All the crops belonged to the collective. Everybody got an equal share of what they grew. There's two problems with that. One, they centralized all the food in one cache, so one one bad thing happens, they lose everything. Two, well, no matter how hard you worked, you got the same amount as someone who didn't do anything. Or just, you know, half half measures and didn't didn't produce as much, and yet he's gonna eat as much. Well, this is what happened both in Johnstown and the Mayflower compact with the, the with the Puritans. Uh wasn't it wasn't as this as it was told to you. The story is not true. The reason they don't tell you the true story is because this government is communistic, socialistic, tyrannical, I could go on. They didn't want you to know the truth that the reason that they all died was because of collectivism, communism. I know, it was called collectivism. It's just called collectivism back then. But this concept of communism came from exactly what they were doing by the person that they got the idea from at that time. We were already having to deal with this left, left, I don't know, hell. This on the left. Uh, it's been here from the beginning. The good part was, after all those people died in the winter, they no longer did that anymore. Everybody got given their own land. Whatever they got from that land, they got to keep. And then they prospered. I misspoke. It was three months they stayed on the ship. Three months? September to December. That's not a lot. Why would they get out in December? I, that's exactly my point. I, that confuses me. Why? It, why would the, in the? Is it kind of snowy? <laughs> yeah, cold? yeah. It's up. It's up in Boston. It's in Massachusetts. I mean, I think I'd stay in the ship until spring. Yeah, that's why the half of them died. Can't pr can't plant plant anything. Anyway. <laughs> well, the reason? No, that isn't why they. Have, I told you why they died. Well, no, but this this first couple of months, that's why half of them died. Well, yeah, there was a lot of stupidity. They stayed on there. They didn't know they could drink the water from the yep. local rivers. And they stuff. were first, and when again, they run out of beer, uh, wine, again, and they had nothing. The first, the first wave of colonists coming over here were still under serfdom. They were so terrified of the king. They were million, thousands of miles away from him. He didn't even know where the hell they were, but they were still care, so scared of him. They wouldn't get off the boat. Yeah, that's pretty pathetic. I'd be like. <laughs> Ding dong, the witch is dead, the witch is dead, the witch is dead. 
I'd go create my colony and have me some fun. Yeah. I'd leave them on the boat and I'd get out of there before December and uh <laughs> make your own house, a little house. Oh yeah, get, get, ready <laughs> get ready for winter. Ready for winter. Gotta go hunting and you gotta but, go fishing and but, gathering because uh, you, you don't have any food, so you have nothing put up yet. So you have to put it up. But unfortunately, fortunately for them, there was at the sea, <laughs> and there was abundance of food in the sea, <laughs> under the sea. But you, you're coming from a place which is not of serfdom. Your mindset, the first thing is... They weren't allowed to hunt or fish in Europe. Only the lords got to do that on their lorded over land. Exactly. So like I keep trying to play with people talk of uh, slavery. They used the word slavery back in the day. Uh, in ancient times, it was lord and master. It was your lord and master, and I am your servant. They didn't really have the concept of slavery in in those parts of the Bible where God is speaking. He doesn't say slave. There was slavery around. And, of course, he actually punished the Jews with slavery. God did. Yet, you, for some reason, they find, uh, how come God tells them if you were uh, a servant, and my book translates it to slave and slave master, when that wasn't the words. But, okay, so you want to believe that by changing the words and make that into a thing. At the time, way back when, slavery was accepted part of advanced civilization. All of Europe, when we were founded, had slaves. It was the Europeans who brought the slaves to the United States of America. We had no slave ships. We never created a slave ship. We didn't bring slaves over. We didn't want them. People in the South did because they needed them. There wasn't enough people for the crops. But Eli Whitney was going to work on that in a bit. Uh, but, you know, they needed Manual labor. They had slaves before Africans, which are from the African continent. Uh, at first, their first slaves were actually Native American Indians, but they were too small, too weak, and too sickly, and they didn't like the heat. They didn't do well in the heat in the South. So that's why the Africans were perfect. They were bred in the heat. They loved the heat. They don't like the cold. They they're strong. They have high constitutions to disease. They were perfect to replace them with. And before that, before the Indians, we had indentured servitude. And we had indentured servitude uh, all throughout the beginning of the country, which is, uh, I need to get over to, to the Americas. Okay, well, we'll take you over there, but it's going to cost you the, uh, seven years. You're going to have to work off your contract. That's indentured servitude. And whites and blacks came over here. as In the beginning, there were nothing but indentured servants. A lot of them were Irish. Until... One ex-black indentured servant decided to take in a black indentured servant. His last name was Johnson. And then when his seven-year term was over, he went to the courts and claimed that he had no right to be free. I have no idea why the courts did what they did. It made no legal sense whatsoever. The contract was temporary, seven years, and that's it. I, I read the whole court case. It was a very bizarre court. And they decided that he could keep his slave and his slave's children and children's children forever. The, again, the federal courts causing problems. I mean, okay, great. So, anyway, I read that whole thing. It made no sense to me. Obviously, 
the people in the higher ups that wore the powdered wigs as justice is coming over from Europe uh, think that slavery is perfectly okay and it should be allowed here in the States. And that's the only thing I think he was legislating from the bench even back then. Well, that's all they did. That's why the founding fathers made the judiciary so small, you know, power so small, because that's what they were doing. I read that the last show that. And now we're right back to the same, uh, same people over in Europe. We're just, our legal system's all screwed up, just like we left and we didn't want again. We've allowed the left to completely take it over and screw up the whole legal system. I'm sorry. Our legal system is, is a joke. I'm sorry. If you think this, you know, you got a great judicial system, you got your head in the sand. And you're, you're kind of upgrading at this point by putting your head in a manhole cover in the middle of a Manhattan street. Well, that bus coming your way is still coming your way whether you got the head in the manhole or not. I suggest you pop it up and step aside. It's good to see what's going on around you so you can react appropriately to it. But everyone else says, oh, you talk, you're, you, you talk bad things. You're mean. Uh, if you mean I tell the truth about it, if you want to hear it or not, yep, I'm mean. Again, this is what we're always trying to tell everybody, that we didn't come from. I did a whole series on PatriotsPub.us on slavery. No, no. Throughout all the ages. Slavery's been around since forever. No, I'm talking about coming from serfdom. That's why the first... Well, the coming of serfdom is pretty much is was a nice way of calling them slaves. See, nobody understands. When you were a serf, you were at the mercy of your lord and master. You're nobody. You didn't even have a right to have a sword. You couldn't own a sword because you were the lord. Serfs weren't allowed weapons. They might, they might use them to rise up against their better masters. I've heard that written. I've read that written more than once. Hence, why the Second Amendment? No, the Second Amendment wasn't necessary, as I said in the Patriots Pub. It's just not necessary. Um, what, Susan? Don't do that. Just continue on the show and stop with the the dramatic drama all the time. Anyway, let's move on to something else. Okay. How much time do we have left? Ten minutes. That's plenty. Talk about Christmas. I don't want to talk about slavery anymore. You can call it whatever you want. It's slavery, slave is a slave. But in old times, there was no other form of existence in government for these people to create. They had no understanding of more complex government. It was simple. You you either were a lord or you weren't. And if you weren't, you have served the lords. Period. End of conversation. Call them serfs. Sounds like slaves to me. And it's permanent. It's not like I'm out of this in seven years. No, no. Uh, that poor guy that thought he was out in seven years, too. Ouch. Um, that first slave, man, that must have... I, I, that's got to be the hardest thing I, I've ever imagined. It just takes your breath away that someone could say the, the legal contract is not binding, and just because you think it's a good idea, you want to keep your your indentured servant forever. That the courts agreed again, not following the law. Courts have had a problem with this since our inception because most of the notion of how courts behave came from Europe. And so the judges behaved just like the judges behaved in Europe. And we had to say no and smack them a few times. 
Well, that's two exam. There's two examples of them doing exactly the same thing right now with the affordable, um, what do you call it? Obamacare. We had no idea they would rule in favor of Obamacare. It's not following the law. It's indentured servitude. You have to do what they tell you or you will pay a penalty. I'm sorry. When did when was that put into the Constitution? I I have to obey the national government. The only time any wordings like that in the Supremacy Clause clearly states if it is pursuant to the powers of the Constitution enumerated in the document, and if they pass a law, it is the supreme law of the land. It also says, by the way, if a ratif if there's a ratified treaty, the ratified treaty is the law of the land, irregardless of whether it violates or goes against state and federal constitutions. It means it doesn't matter. It supersedes and amends the Constitution. And the reason for that, that nobody understands how could that be? How could some elected body just... Well, because that elected body before the 17th Amendment was controlled by the state legislature. So if three-quarters of the Senate voted to ratify a treaty, three-fourths of the states allowed them to sign the treaty, which meant they agree. So they can't do any monkey business up there. But now, since the 17th Amendment, we vote on senators, and we don't hold them accountable to squat. And hence the problem with all the brainiacs that do all the propaganda with the knee-jerk nonsense. Well, and the ruling for Obamacare, well, what you're saying goes completely against and the 13th Amendment. He said it was a tax. The ACA did not originate in the House, it originated in the Senate, and all revenue bills must originate in the House. Sorry, it's not, I, I don't understand. The minute he came out with that as as Chief Justice, he and he said it was peace. a tax, I was like, no, he just handed you the answer to the whole thing. It's a tax. It started in the Senate. It's gone. And yet, nothing gets done. There's a, there's a lawsuit on the origination clause issue. That's what they call what I just said. Uh, but... Really, the courts aren't supposed to decide any of this. But we're not supposed to be doing any of this. That's the problem. To get back to the Constitution, this all evaporates immediately. It doesn't exist. Nine-tenths of the federal judiciary go away. Maybe we can put them back on circuit. Judges writing circuit. I want to do that again. I do, too. I've already brought that up because of John Jay when we're talking about John Jay. But uh, the two things that you just brought up, it went against the 13th Amendment, the 13th Amendment, their ruling, and also the taxation well, thing. Well, yeah, they're, that just they're mandating we do what they tell them us to do. That's involuntary slave, uh, servitude. I didn't, I didn't, you, you're my servant. You don't tell me what to do. I tell you what to do. And this notion that all is bowed down and to the presidency and, oh, the office is so, oh, we have to treat it with respect. The founding fathers would have laughed at every one of you. They didn't care about any of that crap. They cared about liberty. And you do whatever you need to do to get your liberty back. All this nonsense, well, you got to talk to, yep. <laughs> How are you going to take your country back if you can't even say that, well, the government is wrong? The government doesn't have these powers. Why have we let them do it? 
These are the questions we need to ask in the beginning. It's like it's like the true political chadada. <laughs> Stupid prayer. Uh, anyway, my time is officially over. This has been the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening on UncooperativeRadio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of here. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.